It's the Ag Ship Podcast. I'm Patrick Mayhorn, creator of the Ag Ship, a credentialed newsletter covering Utah State football, men's and women's basketball, and Olympic sports. You can subscribe at www.theagship.com. All of the information you would need is there. Uh, written stories pretty much every day and uh, lots of good stuff. So go on over there if you are not already subscribed. If you are subscribed, as always, thank you for your support. Uh, we've got a kind of a news episode here. Uh, a lot of news, <laughs> a lot of uh, a lot of happenings, a lot of goings on. We're going to talk a little bit of basketball as well. But um, before we do that, Parker, we've got a bowl game to talk about. Utah State is going bowling. We do have a bowl game. We are going bowling. That feels so good. I, I mentioned it um, before on a previous show. Um, a six and six season can be as disappointing as you want it to be. You can be bummed. You can expect more. Um, this can be the absolute floor that you want to see this team. And that doesn't change the fact that bowling is fun. And this is great. It's a huge accomplishment for the team. Um, you know, depending on how you look at it, it's a huge accomplishment. But either way, it's it's very fun. It's it's awesome. Uh, bowl season is an absolute blast. So I'm, I'm stoked about that. We do have a game to cover. And then, like you said, just tons of stuff going on. I mean, I don't think we – this this could be probably the busiest we have, you know, the busiest show we have. Um, and we're not even previewing a game because we'll get to the, you know, we'll get to the in-depth preview against Georgia State a little bit later as that game comes up. But there's still so much going on. I mean, we this is, uh, this is probably the busiest we could be outside of a game other than if we had a show during maybe like the Sabo hire, I mean, there was, there was a lot, a lot going on. I can't wait to get, get to it. And, and luckily, luckily it's mostly good, good news and fun stuff to talk about. So it's, it's fun. It's, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. I would say it is almost exclusively good news for, for Utah state here. And it, it has been for uh, the, the span of a very busy weekend, um, the Aggies are, at least the coaching staff, I believe in, in, in its entirety is out on the road recruiting and has yep. been since the past, <laughs> the past weekend, I would, I would assume that even extends into last week. I don't know when the quiet period or the dead period or whatever it was lifted, but I'm sure they were out there as soon as it did. Um, to even to the extent where Blake Anderson called into his press conference to talk about this bowl game from what sounded like, I don't think he was actually there, but it did sound like he was on like the tarmac at an airport. Like it was, it was very loud. It, it sounded like there were airplanes <laughs> just taking off all around him or like it was either that, or he was like in a, in a wind tunnel in the middle of nowhere, Oklahoma or something like that. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know where, I, doubt he I don't was know where Microsoft. he was. Yeah, um, flight simulator. <laughs> so my guess is, if, if it sounded like planes, it was probably real planes. I doubt yeah. that he has time to to brush up on his virtual flight skills right now. That was probably probably genuine jet engines in the background. Yeah. If I had to guess. <laughs> yeah. So so Blake Anderson is in the noise tunnel. He's he's <laughs> he's, he's being subjected to an extreme amount of volume. Um, but uh, the the staff is on the road. They have already landed some commitments that we are going to talk about through both the portal and from the JUCO ranks. Um, there are also some some positive portal non news uh, items, I guess, news in itself, but non entries that we're going to talk about. Some pretty big ones, I would say, for Utah State. Um, and uh, a little bit of stuff around the Mountain West, and then we have a trio of basketball games to talk about. But before we do any of that, let's set the table here for the bowl game. We are not previewing the bowl game yet. We will not be doing that until the game is closer to actually happening. That'll be on December 23rd. 
and it will be uh, in the famous Idaho Potato Bowl as Utah State will take on 6-6 six and six Georgia State from the Sun Belt. Georgia State started the season 6-1, and one, lost its last five games. Um, is decent, I would say. Uh, I've, I've seen a, I've seen a good amount of Georgia State play this season. I think Georgia State is firmly decent. It probably could have been better this season than it was, which you could say about a lot of Georgia State teams in, in recent years. I think that it is a a perennial underachiever might not even be the right word because they they go to they go to bowl games consistently, and this is a program that was born in 2010. Um, <laughs> jumped up to the FBS yeah. ranks yeah. 10 years ago. Uh, and, and so to be doing that consistently is good, but they're in Atlanta. And you would think that given the rosters that they have uh, on this team, which is the, the rosters dwindling, I would say, by the by the hour. Uh, we're going to talk about that as well. But uh, talented team in a recruiting hotbed that probably underachieved its roster talent level. Um, but still made it to a bowl game and will uh, join Utah State in in Boise. So I, I, I want to start there with the bowl game itself, with the pick itself. I don't have a ton of strong opinions on the Idaho Bowl, uh, the Idaho Potato Bowl. I, it seems like kind of it is yeah. a bowl that lends itself not to strong opinions. I, I, I think it is, it's fairly inoffensive. Um, where are you at with this? I think you might have the stronger opinion of the two of us, or maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you also are just kind of like, yeah, okay, that's fine. No, yeah, I think I do have a little bit stronger of an opinion. Part of that might just be my my you know bowl game bias. I was uh, as a Aggie fan growing up, we had been starved uh, of a bowl game, and when we finally did get to a bowl game, it was this one. So I think I, along with a lot of those other Utah State fans, do have some fond memories of this of this bowl game in particular. But I do think even outside of that, you know, trying to put my biases aside. Um, I think on the surface, this is kind of an anticlimactic bowl game. It's kind of one that's um, maybe prone to some memory and prone to some mockery online. It's the Idaho Potato Bowl. I mean, it's what could be more ripe for, you know, kind of getting memed and mocked online. But I do think there's some things under the surface that um, that are actually very favorable to Utah State. Um, the first is location. I, I know that it is, it is a cold location. But from Logan to Boise, you know, campus to campus or stadium to stadium is about just over a four-hour drive. Um, I understand that most Aggie fans are probably not in Logan. They're probably along the Wasatch Front. But even then, it's a pretty pretty easy to get to drive. The other bowls that, um, you know, Utah State could be in are probably a 10 to 12-hour drive minimum. So I think the drivability is, is very, um, very favorable. And then the other thing is, I mean, it's it's Utah and Idaho. Most Utah State fans probably have friends and family in Idaho that they can go visit or stay with or or whatever. It's it's very it's an area that most fans are going to be very familiar with. Um, and so I think there's a lot of stuff there that are you know that can be very exciting. I think it's one of the one of the games that can be uh, most successful for Utah State fans. Uh, the date is also good. It's it's the day before Christmas Eve, which does give fans you know time to get back home um and so i think there's a lot of uh, those those uh non-tangibles we might call them that that make this actually a really good bowl game outside of the la bowl um this would probably be my my number one pick just because of uh what i laid out 
Yeah, I, I think that that is. I think that's fair. Um, personally, <laughs> because I will be, I'm going to be visiting home during during Christmas, and so I'll be in Columbus, and and would have been for pretty much any bowl game that wasn't super early. Right. Um, and so personally, I'm very glad that it's not the Arizona Bowl because I do not want to be subjected to a bar stool broadcast. That sounds terrible. Um, yeah, yep, that's. <laughs> I'm, I'm very glad that's that uh, I'm very glad that they dodged that particular bullet because I don't really need to hear a bunch of grown men complaining about how their bets aren't hitting. Um, I'm good. I don't really, I don't really need that. Uh, And so I'm happy that it will get a normal broadcast with professional announcers who are adults. Um, (laughs) And, and they don't have to deal with all of that. Uh, Or rather, I don't have to deal with all of that. I don't know that the team (laughs) would really have all that much to say about it in either direction. I don't think they would really be impacted, but um, this is, uh, yeah, this, this one is, it's, it's respectable. (laughs) It is, it is established. Um, it is a short trip for Utah State, which is good because that means, you know, like like you said, with Christmas, it means that guys will be able to get home. Fans will be able to get home. Uh, it's not the day before or the day after, and so it's not one of those where you have to kind of rush around. There's time to get back to wherever they're going. There's time to get back to, right. to Logan or get down to SLC and, and fly out or, or whatever you got to do. Um, yeah, that's good, but it's also late enough that they will have time to get some practices in, which I know was an issue for them last year, um, uh, with, with travel days and just with recruiting being what it is and, and coaches having to be really out on the road and, and, and working, uh, in that capacity for now, <laughs> the, the first two or three weeks of December, if you're not out on the road, you are falling behind i think pretty significantly right, right. um and i think that that's something that staffs around the country are picking up on and are, are adjusting to and we're, we're seeing as i said you know utah state everybody is out on the road right now um you got to do that <laughs> in the way that it's currently set up with the portal now officially open you you would not know that the portal only opened officially today <laughs> Um, based on yeah. the sheer amount of news about guys entering and then even in some cases leaving the portal uh, in the previous days before the portal was actually open. Don't really know what the point of having a window is if they're going to do that anyway. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. It seems like kind of um, a little bit strange where you have like, you know, the the, 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 the big like ESPN reporters saying, like, oh, plans to enter the portal on the 4th. It's like, well, that's... Uh, you you're kind of skirting the rules here a little bit <laughs> right yeah you yeah not even kind of in a little bit yeah but yeah just, you're very much skirting the rules there. yeah it, it reminds me i'm not the only one to make this, this comparison but it reminds me of like the nfl or the nba reporters like tipping draft picks before they come in where they're like uh oh the the you know the the warriors are highly expected to to, <laughs> to take so and so or the grizzlies are locked in on so and so or right. things like that um it's like okay you i mean at that point you might as well just say that they're doing it you're not really hiding it all that well i don't know i don't know why the letter of the law would be like okay but that's fine you just can't come right out and say it. it's like they're just they're already doing that it's not that different yeah. um <laughs> who, who is who is enforcing this anyway um but uh, they they will still even with coaches out on the road the schedule should set up that utah state can get some practices in in logan before they have to go to boise um and that's good you know it's, it's not going to be a long travel day it's not going to be a long trip um, this is one that it, it doesn't even really require, I wouldn't think like a ton of special 
extra planning. They the Utah State knows how to get to Boise. It's not. It's that's already. Yeah, they, they do it often. Yeah, there's yeah. there's already a plan in the book for that. That's not going to be that hard to swing. Whereas Utah State doesn't often go to Dallas or you know Myrtle Beach or wherever. Um, and, and so that's good. Uh, I I think the timing is is pretty good, and I I think that the bowl is like I said respectable. You're playing a a, a decent enough a, a Sun Belt team. Sun Belt is in my opinion the best of the G5 conferences by a pretty wide margin so you get to yeah I, test I yourself against quality you know and test yourself against i, I certainly the most talented and, and physically adept conference I, I i think um and the mountain west is probably right behind it this season and so that's that's nice um it's also a winnable game as we as we kind of alluded to uh georgia state is not in a great place right now with his roster. Uh, I've been trying to, as best I can, keep track of their portal entries. There are some big ones already on the board here. Um, starting halfback, I think 1,300-yard rusher or something like that, Marcus Carroll. Uh, number one cornerback, Bryquise Brown. Leading receiver, Robert Lewis. And starting right tackle, Montavious Cunningham, are all already in the portal from Georgia State. Uh, so kind of a kind of an exodus there a little bit, and so Utah State will, I would assume. I don't think those guys are going to be playing in the bowl game. Not usually how that works. Uh, I would assume that Utah State will be playing a uh, a diminished version uh, of Georgia State, and I think Utah State could be competitive if not beat outright Georgia State straight up. But it can certainly be competitive and beat straight up Georgia State without its starting running back and top receiver and a starting lineman and it's number one cornerback and probably news still to come on that front. Yeah, I would agree. Usually an exodus like this is indicative of um, a, a, you know, a continued exodus. You don't often see a giant wave right as the transfer portal opens. That's uh, that's able to uh, be remedied quickly by the coaching staff. That's usually, it usually means there's something, um, something going on. A lot of guys are probably wanting out in the way that they ended their season is uh you know they're 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 having a they're having a hard time over there, um, and I, that pairs nicely with the way Utah State kind of ended their season. We had a really slow start. Um, did you know we were able to to put a winning season together, or you know a, a 500 season together? And as we'll talk about later, we're we're pretty intact. Um, the transfer portal hasn't uh, hasn't gotten to us the way that it has other teams. So I think that side of things, you know that that is probably favorable for Utah State. Um, you don't often see guys that are in the portal suiting up for their current team. So my guess is if they're in the portal, they're, they're not playing, um, which, you know, that's not how you want to beat these guys, but that's part of the game these days. That's part of college football. And that's something that the, the Georgia state coaching staff is going to have to to coach around. So I, I think my first glance at Georgia state, um, I'm I'm stoked about it. I like like you said, it's a it's a good opponent in a very strong Sun Belt conference. I mean, the Sun Belt is an elite elite G five conference, a very fun uh, conference, very very physical. So you get a, a really a quality opponent um, that you have a good shot against. So I, I really like the I like the matchup a lot. Yeah, if I'm remembering correctly, I think the Sun Belt had 12 bowl eligible teams, has 12 teams in bowl games of a 14 team conference. Um, I I think if I'm again if I'm remembering 
correctly, and I think I am, uh, all seven of the teams in the Sun Belt East, where Georgia State is from, are in bowl games. Um, and that's, you know, the division that has James Madison. <laughs> and so yeah, there's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of quality there. There's a lot of depth there. Um, it certainly the the end the way that Georgia State ended its season when taken in tandem with the immediate kind of exodus of some star players tells a a story it tells a pretty distinct story of you know what I was saying earlier about maybe a little bit of underachievement maybe a little bit of frustration with the way that this season went after a very encouraging start Um, it was not really the kind of deal where oh they just got you know they got crushed by injuries and just couldn't keep up their quality from the start of the season like it was it was mostly just that they started playing more conference games and they were worse than the teams they were playing. Um, they, you know, their their starting backfield remained intact. Uh, to this point, I have not seen any news regarding starting quarterback Darren Granger uh, and the, and the portal. So he could still play. He's a very good player, very good runner. He's been there for several years as a starter. He's 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 very talented. Um, he'll be without some pretty significant skill players, but he can do some damage. Um, it was just, it seems like it kind of, it kind of unraveled on them uh, a little bit here. And this is not terribly unfamiliar for Georgia state. They've been in that territory for a couple years now where they'll, they'll start really strong and then they just kind of fade down the stretch. Um, and so I think that there is probably a little bit of frustration there. I don't know exactly what the interest level is going to be from that side in this game. Um, but I could guess from Utah State side, it will be high. I, I think that there is a significant desire from Utah State to win this game and to have uh, just a little extra boost of, of momentum going into a 2024 season that they are kind of, um, I think the best phrase would be circling the wagons with. I, I think yeah. this is, yeah. there's very much an effort right now uh, on the Utah State side of looking ahead at what could be and at keeping keeping things aiming in that direction and trying to get as, as well positioned as possible for the season to come. Um, which is probably a good time to transition into the big news of the weekend for Utah State in yeah. the non-news. Um, Parker, it was a pretty good weekend. Oh, yeah. It was a pretty good weekend for Utah State, I would say, starting on Friday. Oh, yeah. Big, big weekend for Utah State in, in a very non-news way, as you kind of said, um, with some familiar names sticking around um, in, a, in a very dramatic fashion. Um, if, yeah. you know, if you know anything about Ike Larson, <laughs> it's that he's a fantastic football player. And if you know anything else about Ike Larson, it's that he's, uh, he's a little showman and yeah. he, uh, he knows how to get people interested. He's a, uh, he's a master at his craft. Um, yeah, a, a huge week. Uh, I think a lot of people were, um, very anxious about getting news. Some people were pushed to the point of frustration as they were waiting, but overall I think it was worth the wait as we got some very, very good news from the other side of the transfer portal, the side that uh, doesn't go anywhere yeah. uh, for Utah State going from this year into next. Yeah, so this started on, I believe, Friday morning. I'm trying to get the, I'm trying to remember the exact timeline here. Um, I think it was Friday morning. Uh, linebacker slash safety Anthony Switzer announces his return. Um, I, I think he was the, of the guys who realistically could have jumped, I think he was the most likely of the bunch, at least in my mind, to return. He had 
alluded to it before uh that he would be that he <laughs> alluded would be back. Is, yeah. a, is a loose term he pretty much said that he was he, coming he back pretty much said still, it but i think he yeah. maybe wanted the uh wanted the pop wanted the crowd pop a little I th- bit i think <laughs> i think he said he was coming back before he realized that uh, his guys were planning a little bit more of a flashy way to yeah, say yeah it. it's it's <laughs> it seems like it maybe a couple like, yo, can i can i get in on that to you guys like <laughs> yeah. i already said but that looks fun yeah that looks um, like a good time there was another one of those after <laughs> after the big swarm of announcements on yeah, Friday. yeah we'll, yeah uh, <laughs> then we'll get to it in a second but anthony switzer announces his return um that's good get you know that's 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 big yeah, time big time uh he he's not quite the you know he, the high profile name that the other two guys we're going to talk about are in just a second but he's a very good player he's a really important piece of the defense and i i think wherever they want him playing next year i don't know exactly what the answer is going to be on that because you know uh max alford i would assume is going to be back at linebacker which is the spot that switzer stepped into this year after alford was hurt on if memory serves the first snap of the season uh, defensively against Iowa. Yeah. Um, yeah. But of course, MJ Tafisi is graduating. And so there is going to be an open linebacker spot. I don't know if Utah state wants to dedicate fully this off season to, t- you know, training Switzer up as a linebacker. I know that that is where they feel. And that is where he feels his professional aspirations would lie is at, is at linebacker. And that would probably in the off season, entail maybe a little bit of bulking up in, in the in the weight room and and in the you know the, the strength and conditioning department side of things um you know he he's he's big enough that he was able to do it this year on a you know, on a stepping in basis but i think if they wanted to do that full time you could probably afford to pack on a little bit more size to him uh and then obviously spend the off season training him there i think that would make sense i think it would also make sense if they wanted to put him back in sort of a a hybrid role. Um, I don't know exactly what the defense is going to look like structurally next season. And that's something yeah. that, you know, we'll, we'll get more clarity on as we move forward here. Um, that's but, a, that's a big point though, to keep in mind is we don't know. We don't know much at all of what this, uh, the offense or the defense is going to look like structurally. Yeah. And that's not us. You know, I'm not, I'm not being coy here. I, I just, we don't know exactly what the staff is going to look like. Oh it's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, uh, I'm not, uh, this is not me reporting anything. I'm just, saying it's not we, a, yeah. that's not an eyes emoji comment. That's yeah. just, I don't know. What's yeah. I, I do. Like. I don't have a crystal ball. Yeah. Coaching changes happen. I'm not like, uh, yeah. Oh, I know something that nobody else knows. Like no, coaching yeah. changes happen. We don't know exactly what the team's going to look like and what the, the, the coaching staff is going to look like and the structure is going to look like really until spring ball. I, I think that we just have to have to wait and see there. I think either one would be an, an understandable uh, decision. Utah State will have um, a pair of entrenched safeties, one of whom we're going to talk about in a second. Um, <laughs> and we alluded to earlier, but Devin Dye, I yeah. believe, is also going to be back in Logan next season. Um, and so you know, you'd have to find a spot for Switzer, uh, as, as kind of a hybrid. And, and there is a room for that guy, but we'll, we'll see exactly what that looks like, uh, in the coming weeks and, and months, I think, uh, following Switzer was a, honestly one that, that really kind of caught me off guard. <laughs> I was, I was not optimistic about the return of star wide receiver, first team, all mountain West pick Jalen Royals. Um, but, He's back. He he announced shortly after Switzer did his return to Logan. Um, I know he was getting him back was a major focus of the staff and of the 
uh, fledgling, you know, uh, collective that Utah State has and, and the NIL work that it has done. Uh, keeping these guys here was a major focus, more so than, than enticing or anything like that. You know, and every every collective in the world says it doesn't entice. Um, but retention was the focus, and Royals was one of three big targets along with, with Switzer and, and the last guy we're going to talk about here. And they pulled it off. Um, Jalen Royals, I'll tell you right now, had big-time interest. It is not... This is not a matter of he had nowhere else to go. Jalen Royals could have picked a place, and there were a lot of options on the table for him. Very, very big options, significant options, and he he declined. He will be back in Logan. I I can even beyond just the you know it's it's great news for Utah State. Obviously, he's a star receiver, Um, but I can also I can understand where he's coming from here with this because like. Yes, right. there is more money, attention, larger stages, whatever you want to call it, out there. Um, and he could have done that. But also, he put up a lot of numbers in the Utah State offense this season. Yes, and yes, he did. you don't really need to mess with a good thing if you've got that going as a receiver. Uh, you know the quarterbacks already. You know the system already. You uh, you know another year in the system, you'd think he gets even better. He was already one of the touchdown leaders in, in college football this season, and that will draw plenty of interest uh, for for the next level. And so if you can do that and you know that the offense is is suited extremely well for your skill set, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> that 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 checks out to me as a as a decision that uh, I can pretty easily understand. I see where he's coming from. Yeah, I I I see this one too. I I obviously see both sides of this. I mean, Utah State <clears throat> this is a familiar uh, situation for Utah State to be in where we take a risk, you know, take a chance on a guy from Juco or from, you know, we were his only D1 offer, right? How often have we heard that story? And he comes to Utah State, uh, does a great job, gets himself on the radar and leaves. It seems like it happens pretty often with players and with coaches. Um, such is life at the G5 level. That is just part of the game. Um, but you can also see pretty clearly the other side of it. A lot of guys that have left Logan um, didn't see the success that they wanted to. Um, I think Jalen Royals also probably has a pretty good idea of what is uh, legitimately out there and what's legitimately still at Utah State for him. Um, I, I, I get the idea. I get the knee-jerk reaction to, you know, going and playing at a Big 12 or an SEC school, you know, especially one with a high-flying offense um, that Jalen could, could really fit in well at. Um, but I don't necessarily think – you know, it's 2023. You're not hiding from scouts if you're at Utah State University. Yeah. Uh, scouts are smart enough to find you, but if you're playing. Um, scouts are not smart enough to find you if you're on the bench or if you're, you know, the 12th, 12th uh, receiver. Yeah. Uh, Jalen Royals, I think, understands that he can be one of one or one of two, one of three maybe at Utah State in an offense that really, really showcases his skill set. And I think he is gambling on himself to – make plays and, and get to the next level if that's his goal. Yep. Uh, he can leave and be one of 12, or he can stay and be one of two or three. Um, and I think he's just gambling on himself. I think he's doing a great job doing that. I think he's in a great position to, uh, to see that pay off. I think he's going to be the guy going into this uh, next season, and he's going to have uh, whoever it is, which you know we'll get to it at, at another time, uh, we'll get to later on, whoever's throwing to him is, is going to do a great job because that's what this offense is built for. So um Definitely one of those where I can see both sides, but him staying does not blow my mind. I'm very, very excited for it. I know this guy could have gone just about anywhere. Um, 
but it, it does feel very, very good. And I do think part of this goes back to the collective you mentioned, uh, the Blue A Collective. Uh, it feels great to be able to get a guy, put him on the radar, and then keep him. Uh, this is a great, great feeling for Utah State fans. We shouldn't take it for granted. Um, I know it hurts when we put guys on the radar and they leave. That's life. Um, but this is very cool. It's it's very awesome to see this guy that could have gone just about anywhere. Uh, he wants to stay here in Logan, and you know you have to assume he he's not coming back to uh, to have a losing season. He's not going back to not playing a good offense. So you have to assume. And, and again, I'm not saying anything. I'm, this isn't me being coy. Still, I'm not. I'm not coy on this show. I don't have any insider info. <laughs> I, I'm just assuming. I'm just assuming that these guys will act in their, you know, in their own best interest. And if Ike Larson is looking around the locker room, seeing guys that are staying and seeing a, a bright future next year, that makes me, you know, feel like I can see the same thing, and that makes me feel very optimistic. It helps a whole lot on the recruiting trail as well. When you were talking yes. about yeah. JUCO guys and transfers, that is a big deal is the ability to sell not only personal development for, for guys and, and personal fit within a system, but also, hey, we're going to be good, right? You can say that <laughs> and to show on the roster. And it's a pretty easy sell for a guy who's trying to not even just one and done, but just, you know, an, an older guy who's who's an upperclassman and is, is not really looking to waste any more time. Um, yeah. That is, that's a, that's a very, very helpful recruiting pitch. And we've already seen Utah state play to it successfully as we're going to talk about in a little bit. Um, it so, also, uh, it also sets the incentive in place that if you're fast and no one's looking at you, just show up to camp, yeah. come to Logan and go to camp yeah. because that's what Jalen Royals did. <laughs> and now he's, <laughs> he sure did. Clearly it's paying off. Yeah, you yeah. just, it's like, I'm fast. Nobody knows it. I'm going to yeah. go to Logan and, and show them that I'm fast. And that's basically I mean, he's got great hands. He's got great everything else, but really, it was his speed that got him basically a scholarship on the spot, yep. which is awesome. Yeah, and he just showed up. Just, just some guy showed <laughs> yeah. up and took a took one of the little stickers that said which dog. number of guy he was, <laughs> and that's it. Yeah, that is um, that even if he doesn't, you know, even if he shows up and doesn't run a four three, even if he runs a normal number like four, <laughs> yeah, you know, a, a, a normal yeah, a normal football player <laughs> number like four four yeah. or four five. Just the the, <laughs> the the competitor's mindset to just show up, uh, no invite, just I'm here. Yep. <laughs> that's a football guy. Yeah, I'm gonna that's run. A football guy. That is, I, I like that. If I'm a if I'm a coach, that's good stuff. <laughs> yeah. That's a guy I want around. Um, even yeah. if I didn't invite him, that's a guy I want around. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So big, uh, big deal for Utah State. I think for the for the offense specifically turns. Um, what could have very easily been a question mark room into a you know a clear continuing strength. Uh, I don't think that Micah Davis had has made any formal announcement in either direction. I'd be surprised if he's also you know not back next season. I, I would assume that Davis will also be back with Royals. Um, I would too. And, the, and again, I'm not. Yeah. Maybe you have information. That I don't. I I'm not. I don't have any information, but what I'm basing this off of is looking at the guys who are staying, looking at what they clearly are trying to build. Yeah. And I can pretty safely assume that they, if, you know, if guys like Switz and Royals are, are bought into this program, uh, it probably goes pretty deep. I think these guys are, are having fun in their body. Yeah. And, That's and, what I'm basing that off of. That's all. And worth mentioning with that as well is um, I don't have, I've, I've looked for, way too long and I could not find a definitive answer on this. I don't know exactly what the rule is regarding the the transfer eligibility, the one-time transfer eligibility of a guy who goes 424, which is starting at the, you know, a, a four-year school level, whatever level it is, D1, D2, D3, transferring to a JUCO two-year level 
and then moving back up to a four-year level, which is what Davis did. He started at Air Force, went JUCO at, I think, Iowa Wesleyan um, off the top of my head, and then returned to the Mountain West at Utah State. I don't know if that uses the eligibility. I don't know if that uses the one-time transfer eligibility before you are a grad transfer. Um, I also have no idea. I, tried I, I would to, have to find out. <laughs> yeah, I tried very hard to find an answer, and I, I asked several people, and all of them gave me a different answer. And so I, I think that basically no one knows. Um, but <laughs> that's, Yeah, that's fair. If that is the case, if that does use the eligibility, Davis would also need to graduate to be able to play next year if he was to transfer from Utah State. I think he will probably be back in Logan. He, I have not seen him say anything contrary. He has been, you know, sharing the announcements of guys returning. I would guess he will be back. Um, and, and so with the, you know, the departure of Terrell Vaughn, it could have gotten pretty bad in the receiver room there. Not necessarily that they wouldn't have talent, but that they would have a whole lot of new faces. Um, and with Royals back and, and presumably with Davis back, that is not a concern. There are, there are two starters right back in place who are two of the best in the conference. You just need to find a slot receiver. And it's, it's easier said than done to replace Terrell Vaughn. That is, that is a, that's a tall task, but it goes from, you know, a room that might need addressing in the portal, uh, like significant addressing in the portal to a room where if you can find a guy who fits that Vaughn mold, you're thrilled and you can plug him in. But it is not in any way a you know a concern or a necessity. You have two of the best receivers in the Mountain West, and so that's that's a big deal. Yeah, that's absolutely right, and I think that's that's going to be a theme of this uh, this offseason. Hopefully, you know if things if things continue to shake out the way they are already looking like they're going to, um, that's going to be a theme. It's not going to be filling giant holes and filling giant gaps. It's going to be finishing touches. Um, and we're going to get into yeah. uh, more as we as we talk about this this last guy or these you know a few other guys that have uh, announced that they're staying and some guys that are coming in. But um, there there were two I think major position groups. It was the line on both sides that had uh, major work to be done. Everything else was formidable, and not losing major talent to any position is is huge because that gives you the the coaching staff an opportunity to go out and fill some smaller gaps, put some finishing touches on some of these rooms that they need to. They need to upgrade, but without any fires to put out, it, it gives the coaching staff an opportunity to, you know, actually move yes. forward rather than just trying to not move backwards. It's yes. huge. Yeah, you, you can work on the front foot. You can be on the offensive rather than trying right. to just, you know, fill gaps wherever there are gaps and try to get to an, a, an appropriate number of, of guys in each position, which is what the problem was for Utah State last year is that they had to scramble even into spring just trying to find bodies that they could plug in at different spots because they had lost so many guys in right. key positions. Um, and avoiding that is, is, is critical. Um, we have saved the, the biggest of the three here for, for last, uh, the one who I think was, was most, you know, the, the, the interest was highest around, uh, in part because of the player that he is in part because of, um, the showman that he is, as you mentioned, uh, this is a guy who very much likes the attention of the moment. And that is not, you know, I don't say that as a bad thing. He's a kid. He's, he's, this is a college, this is a guy in college. He is allowed to want to be the center of attention and boy, boy ever was Ike Larson, the center of attention as he announces on Friday evening, uh, that he is returning to Logan for another season. His third, uh, I guess his fourth within the program, his third as a significant 
contributor. Um, first team, all Mountain West, probably should have been the defensive player of the year in the conference. I don't agree with the pick <laughs> that they made. Um, I, I see the pick that they made, but I disagree. I think it should have been Ike. I, yeah. There shouldn't have been much argument there at the top. Yeah, but he is back. He played this up during the week, um, kind of in the opposite direction, trying to, I, I think, purposefully <laughs> misdirect some people. He also did this last year, as people will remember. Oh, my goodness. Um, yeah. The, the, <laughs> I don't know how. Yeah. I don't know how we got away with this twice. Man. Yeah. I, I will I will say regarding, you know, Ike, and I, I don't know Ike personally beyond just interviewing him and, and covering him. Um, I, I don't really, <laughs> I don't really think he is the villain type. I don't think that's really the attention no, that he wants to garner. Is, yeah. And so when I saw him, he posted a, a very cryptic video like a day <laughs> or two before his announcement. And that kind of, that kind of tipped me off a little bit of like, well, he's not going to do that and then actually leave. He's not, that's not really yeah, his, if he not. was, I think if Mike Larson is going to leave, he's going to do it very quietly because he doesn't want, he doesn't really like, he is from Cash Valley. He is like, it's not just a shtick. He, I don't think he wants to purposefully <laughs> hurt Utah State fans. Um, that's not really his style. He likes to, he likes to, to play it up in one direction and then turn around and, and give the, the answer that the home crowd wants and play to the crowd. And that's exactly yeah. what he did. Um, oh, again, boy, did he ever. Yeah. <laughs> again uh, we talked about this on, I don't know if we talked about this on a, we, we, we have talked about it on free shows. Yeah, I think we, we talked we about have. it in more detail on the Q and a show that we did for last month. Um, that, that there was, this was a possibility. We thought that this was the second most likely possibility behind him going to the NFL with transferring elsewhere being an extremely distant third. And yeah, that, as it turns out, that's about right. I, I think that if Ike was going to leave, it was going to be to the NFL. And instead, he makes the second most likely in our minds pick and will return to Utah State. I think it certainly helps to see that Switzer and Royals were coming back and that they coordinated this and that they had been working with the collective and, and working with other teammates who have either formally announced or will be returning, but don't, you know, don't have those right. plans to, to formally announce. Um, there has been a, there, there is a, you know, a, a leadership group within that locker room and within this roster that has been uh, spearheading these efforts. And Ike is included in that. And, and Ike made that decision and, and, you know, let his teammates know and his coaches know that that was his decision and, and they got whatever worked out that they needed to have worked out. These guys are not making from NIL stuff as much in Logan as they could elsewhere. You know, there's a pretty high profile school that I think would have been very interested in high, in Ike just a little <laughs> ways down the road that could certainly right. offer more on that front. But when you have that core that's staying together, when you can pitch that, you know, what could be in 2024 as a, a potential Mountain West title run, um, and you have the fact that he is from Cache Valley and he, he, this is a, a place he's very well liked and very familiar with. Um, that was enough to get the job done and Ike will return. Um, it's a, that's a pretty big one, man. That's a pretty it's big huge. deal for Utah it State. Is this is, so it's, big. he, you know, I would say pound for pound, one of the best players in the, the G5 and he has been for two years now. Yeah, I would agree. This is huge for Utah State. I don't know. I don't know what the conversations looked like with, with Ike and his coaching staff. And, and I certainly don't know what it was looking like with his family. I can't even, I, I could maybe try to guess at some of the things that the coaching staff is telling him. I have no idea what he's talking with his family and, and his close friends about 
uh, to make him kind of come to this conclusion. Like we said, I think the most likely was that he was going to go to the NFL. And for, for one reason or another, um, he's deciding to stay and he, he's leaving a lot of money on the table to do this. Like you mentioned, even, even transferring could, could yield kind of a higher return, but I, that was just not an option. I just, there was never a moment in time where I thought he was going to transfer. Um, and the more he played it up, like you said, the more I, I was sure that he was coming back. I just don't, I don't know how he got away with this twice. He, he did this exact same thing last year. Um, and he, you know, he, he plays it up big time. And, and when he puts out that video, it was, uh, you know, something along the lines of uh, some guy giving some sort of speech saying, sometimes you have to make a decision that, that breaks your heart, but gives you peace or something along those lines. Yeah. Um, I watched it inadvertently like 10,000 times when I was like refreshing his, his yeah. Twitter page. But, um, but, but like, even when he says something like that, I, he's, he's being cryptic, I think, and he's trying to play it up. But I also think this was not an easy decision for him. I do think it probably did break his heart a little bit to decide ultimately to, to not pursue his dream of playing in the NFL right now. Yeah. Um, that was, there's no way that was an easy decision for him to do. I don't know that transferring was ever a realistic option in this guy's mind. I just no. don't think that's how he, he operates. Yeah. But I do think he probably had guys in his circle and on the coaching staff telling him that he could go pro. Um, and he decided not to do that. I think it's probably, you know, if he can come back and replicate the success that he had, it's probably for his best interest, but, but that probably was a, a very difficult situation. So in, in his defense, I know it was, he was being cryptic to, to generate attention, but, I also don't think he was lying. You know, oh. I, I think that is a heartbreaking thing to be, you know, how old is the kid? 20 something. And yeah, you know, there's a lot most of his yeah. life. He's been wanting to play in the NFL and he's, he's choosing not to do that. Yeah. There's a, there's a, that's a lot of money on the table for, uh, yeah. for, for anybody, yeah. let alone for somebody in his early twenties. That's a lot of money on the table. And right. The, you know, the, the, I, I think the theory here is basically that what could be, you know, what, 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 what could be, you know, possible next year. If you have another season like he's had the last two, I don't know why there would be any reason he doesn't do that again. He's done it twice now. Yeah, exactly. um, I would assume he's probably going to do it a third time. I don't think Ike Larson is going to forget how to play football anytime soon. He probably gets better like he did this year. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, like it's, he wasn't catching anybody by surprise this year and he still did it. He was still out right. there and, and making plays and, I think he could probably even afford to to you know work on on tackling angles and stuff like that and get better on that front. Um, and if you do that, you have another really big season, and your team is good, and your team is winning a lot of games and playing in the Mountain West Championship or contending for it. Um, there could be even more money on the table next off season. Yeah, I think that that there, there is, he's a young guy, and there will still be interest next year. And if you can add another point to that resume it makes you that much more interesting to, to, you know, NFL right. decision makers. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, and, so, and I, I think, oh, yeah, God, no, God. Go, I, that's, I, I, I don't honestly know where I was going to go with it next. So <laughs> go, go <laughs> well, ahead. I was going to say one more thing about this whole situation because I don't think it was, uh, I, Ike's a smart kid. Uh, these guys are smart kids. They're probably just talking to smart people. Um, and I, and I think I, I talked about this a little bit on Twitter before, um, before I knew, and I, and I wasn't talking specifically about Ike, but I, I wasn't, I also wasn't not talking about Ike. Um, and I was just kind of talking about how, look, these guys are getting paid off of their name, image, and likeness. Too often we forget what NIL means. We just think it's like paychecks for the players. Um, it's their name, image, and likeness, which is only valuable if people are paying attention to them. And they have every right to try to maximize their brand. 
And so for them, you know, this, this, these guys were clearly coordinated in this, trying to generate attention and generate excitement. Um, and, and it worked. I mean, the, the Blue A Collective, which is the, the, either the only or, or like the premier or the official collective of these, that represents these guys, uh, had its highest fundraising day, I think, ever. And it's, it's largely yeah. because these guys were getting people excited and getting people amped up. Um, and that's, again, these, these guys deserve to be, you know, the Supreme Court agrees. These guys deserve to be compensated a little bit. And when, you're, when your entire brand is how you get paid, when, when attention equals money, you can kind of see why they were doing this. I don't think they were, uh, you know, clearly they weren't doing it for no reason. They raised themselves a lot of money. And the other part of it that, that just feels so good as an Aggie fan is you look at these other schools, you don't have to look far. There's some, you know, right in our own backyard in the conference, Georgia uh-huh. State, that are getting destroyed by the, the portal. Yeah. And our dudes are putting together videos to say that they're coming back. They yeah. can't wait to tell us that they're coming back to run it back. Like, this is huge. Like, that's just, yeah. that feels good, man. That, that feels really, really good. Yeah, and and there was I I would imagine you know as as you said the the record fundraising day on Friday there was probably a lot of money coming into Ike's uh, clothing store I would assume as, oh yeah as well. <laughs> yeah. I think probably a pretty yeah. good day financially for Ike Larson um, as well as for for Switzer and Royals and that's that's great news you know that's that's I'm 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 happy for those guys and that right. is like that's America that's what you do to to to, yeah. to, make, to make money um and they they i think they did a very good job the players did of capitalizing on that and of drawing the attention in and then and then delivering a a you know a result that people are very excited about for good reason um and like you you know you mentioned uh, I'll, I'll say as well, in in a little bit uh, more understated announcements, Davon Booth got in on the action afterward. <laughs> it seems like he felt like a little he felt a little left out, um, but he also announced his return, uh, as did fellow halfback Russell Faison. Not right. with a formal announcement, but last week he said something to the same effect that that Switzer did, um, and I, 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 he, I guess he didn't really want to do the full thing. But I, th- I think he will also be back, um, as will I would assume. You know, from what I have gathered and and from what has not been officially announced, but from what Blake Anderson said yesterday, yesterday two days ago, I don't remember when the press conference was. Um, I think it was yesterday. All the days are running together for me. Every day um, is the same. Yeah, <laughs> but, every day is yesterday. Yeah, but he said something to the to the effect of, you know, there are other guys who have either not announced yet that will or that won't announce but are returning. Um, these are not going to be the only ones. And it, yeah, like, yeah, that's another. Yeah, I, I yeah, go ahead. I, I don't know if I want to like. I don't know if I should or want to go into specifics on who I would expect back because I don't want to spoil in the announcements and I don't want to um, <laughs> go off of ba- what is basically right. just like social media, social media usage. Cause that is not necessarily the most uh, steady reporting in the world. More right. guys <laughs> than just these five will be back who are big time players for this team. There will be, there yeah. will be more. Um, I, I think the majority of this core will be intact next season, which is not something we could say last year. Um, it, it, that's exactly right. And again, yeah. you don't have to, you know, you, we can get into the, you know, insider reporting. We can sit and, you know, and sit and stalk these guys on Instagram and, and Facebook or mm-hmm. Facebook. How old am I? Uh, Twitter and see, <laughs> see what kind of tweets they're liking and, and try to piece things together. But the bottom line is the biggest piece of evidence is right in front of our eyes. You know, Swiss Royals and Larson are coming back. The, the biggest, some of the biggest names on these guys that are eligible to come back are, 
Um, and that should yeah. tell you everything they need to know because you're not you're not going to get a more insider opinion than Ike Larson. He's in the room. He's there. And you're not going to get a stronger indication of how he feels than him announcing that he's staying. And so, yeah. you know, I it would almost be a waste of time to try to get some of these insider info. I think on the specifics, yeah, there's probably individual guys that it would, you know, you could get information from. But I mean, look at what look at what this team is doing. They're clearly building something and you know, clearly building a core here. Yeah, um, and, and yeah, Booth it, is coming. Booth has, I think, the best uh, announcement of all time. Like he was just like, hey, "Don't forget about me." Like, yeah, I'm also know, coming know, back. Yeah, I'm coming back too. It's not all about it's team sport guys. There's more guys that just boils yeah. and Larson. But, and 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 um, Davon Booth is a is a very good halfback. He's a very good player. That's a big. Good. That's a that's a that's a significant guy Huge to get kid. back. Same with Faison. Those guys are both really good players. Like that's that's right. That's big, and th- those are you know. Uh, not even taking center stage is a reflection of the talent level that Utah State has and the talent that they have returning. And like, right. yeah, there probably will be a couple transfers that are, you know, oh, that stinks, right? Like, oh, that's a starter. Oh, for that's sure. Yeah. That's, yeah. That, you're not going to get out of it unscathed. They have to this point from, from the starting player's perspective. For the most and, part, right, yeah. Um, you know, we're recording this on the first day of the portal being open. And so <laughs> yeah, I'll try and get this posted yeah. as fast as I can. But news will, the news is, is coming coming fast right now and there's a lot of it and we're kind of drinking from the fire from the fire hydrant a little bit um and uh but but as of right now that is the case and and i think that that will yeah. continue to be the case i think that the majority of utah state's team we saw agree. this year will be back next year um which and you know, i would just add yeah, too, like there's um you know like like blake mentioned some of these guys won't announce it, it is weird that we live in a world where Anthony Switzer, Jalen Royals, Ike Larson, Devon Booth, and Roswell Faison all feel the necessity to let us know that they're not transferring before the portal is even open. Yeah. Um, and that's just the, that's the world we live in. Like the, the transfer portal is a very, very real aspect of the game, um, more so probably than in at any other time in, in the history of the game, Yeah. which is fine. That's fine. You know, I'm not whatever, but outside of that, you just have to understand like that's part of the game and but even still, they don't have to make an announcement that they're staying. I mean, the, the default option is that they are not transferring. Yeah. Uh, if they do want to transfer, they have to go out of their way to join the portal through their school. I don't know the exact um, process, but it's through their school. They have to go to the portal, and generally that's when they will make an announcement. Um, guys announcing that they're staying, it's, it's more a reflection of, one, trying to generate you know, some excitement and make some money, and two, just being excited that they're coming back. A lot of these guys aren't going to put out videos and announcements that they are coming back if they do. Yeah. So it, it, it is weird. I mean, it's it's signs of the times, right? That's the the world we live in. Is you kind of have to tell people you're not transferring, but you really don't have to. So guys, yeah. a lot of guys feel like they have to, and it's fun when they do, but you don't have to announce that you're not leaving the school you're currently at yeah yeah there are there are certainly some like the ones that we've talked about where yeah i'm glad that they did that it was that's that's helpful for me <laughs> that they yeah, come out yeah, and do exactly. this instead of it being an open question for the next month and, and hanging over the 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 team and hanging over everything of like well are they or aren't they well you know will they won't they whatever mm-hmm. it is uh, coming out and saying it formally is helpful. Not doing that is fine. I don't blame guys for. I wouldn't want to do that if I was a football player because I don't like to have attention on me in that way, um, <laughs> right? And I yeah. think that there are guys for whom that will be the case, where it's just like, well, why would a, why wouldn't I be back? It rolls over. I'm, I'm yeah, like enrolled. I'm, I'm on the roster. <laughs> I'm just gonna <laughs> add another year to the eligibility and then right. go from there. I don't really need to. But like with these guys, yeah, it was a, it was a significant conversation. It was going to be a significant conversation until they came out and said one way or another. And and I I, I appreciate that they did that. 
um, even if it's not, you know, technically like required. You you do just yeah. if you don't transfer, then you will be at the school again the next year. It's the way that the rule is. Um, you're not automatically enrolled in the portal, and then you have to you know, leave. Uh, exactly. To to return to a school. Um, the and that's you know the the last thing that I really have on this and on this this you know mass return I guess this this momentum is the uh, I I just I, I want to praise the coordination effort here from these guys from the team from the culture within the the locker room to to do this but then also including you know the coaching staff which I'm sure was involved in this and the collective which was openly involved with this of timing this up the way that they did making it the thing that they did and, and making it a a big uh you know a, a day of 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 announcements of good news is like we've said you don't have to look far to see schools that are having a lot of trouble with this utah state had a lot yeah. of trouble with this last year it is not yep. it's not like you know that's that's the way that it is now and to to have the opposite momentum to not have to deal with with all of that and with that cloud hanging over what your roster is going to look like to have a team that is in a place of strength coming out before the portal even opens and saying that they're running it back saying that they're that they're going to be in town in 2024 and playing again is it's a huge deal and i think that they did a, a tremendous job of understanding the role that, um, for lack of a better term, vibes play around this time of year and how important that is for a fan base, you know, and, and, and for the feelings around a program, the feelings around Utah state right now are significantly, at least from what I have seen are significantly better than they have been in what, two years since they won the mountain West championship pretty much. It, yeah. it's like then there was you know excitement going into the 2022 season that quickly uh dissipated <laughs> i would say um <laughs> but this is a a level of positive attention of positive momentum that utah state i think badly needed uh, this badly, was a, badly, yeah, badly. a a slate of good news of actual legitimate good news that is not tempered by you know, anything else of, you know, the core that they built this season and the foundation that they wanted to build moving into a, a year in 2024 that they have very high expectations for to back that up once the season ends, once a, you know, kind of a disjointed season, up and down season ends to have that momentum going into next season is huge for fans and, and for uh, the morale of the program, but also for something that we're going to be talking about here shortly after we get through to brief portal entries that we don't have. I don't think I have a ton to say on, Um, but that's like, and Anderson said this specifically, that's huge on the recruiting trail. That is a huge deal to like I was saying earlier, to go in from a position of strength where you can sell this to to upperclassmen and, and say, look at what we're bringing back. Look at the culture that we have, that we're bringing all these guys who had these opportunities back and that they want to be here what does that tell you not only about the you know the 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 team that you would be joining next year and that team's potential but also about the culture of the roster the culture of the locker room and the way that these guys feel about the coaching that they're getting and about the the football that they are playing the experience that they are having it's a huge deal that is i i don't think that there's a single at the g5 level at least 
um, there's not a single better selling point to have than that. You know, Utah State's not going to throw Texas A&M money around. It's not going to happen. <laughs> and nobody that they're competing with these, you know, for these recruits is going to be throwing that kind of money around. The thing that wins this time of year in this new world of, of how recruiting works and how roster building works, the thing that wins is culture and continuity and, and, and excitement, positivity, things to sell, positive things to sell that are not just going out there and saying, hey, you, we have a lot of playing time for you. Everybody has playing time for them. Yeah. There's not well, a, everybody there, can, yeah, everybody like, can say that. <laughs> that is not, like, that's a, that that's is a not, promise anyone can make. Yeah, that is not a unique recruiting pitch. Hey, we have playing time for you. Okay, so does every other school. That's rec- that's why they're recruiting me. I'm a senior. Yeah, like I'm, I'm a gonna, football player. I'm I not going to go to yeah, a place where I'm not going to start. Why would I do that? Yeah. <laughs> um, but to have yeah. that where you could say, you are the piece that we want to plug into what we think is a championship level roster is oh, yeah, is a sell that not a lot of teams have, especially as a lot of teams see star players leaving at at the G five level. And um, and if you don't think this coaching staff's making that appeal to guys, that's you're the, out of your mind. That's the appeal like, and, that they are making to and guys. That, that's <laughs> what they get to do. They get to look yeah. at this team and say, Hey, look, not only do we have another game in a month or in a couple of weeks, but we're going to do the same thing next year. Cause look, who's coming back. Like yeah. we're, we played, we're going to play 13 games this year, 14 next year. Like yeah. if you want to play 14 games, come to Logan, like we're, we're building a championship team here. They're not building, they're not rebuilding. They're not, you know, yeah. and that's something you're sitting in their living room and you're telling them, that, you know, Yeah, and you can say it legitimately. You're not just making yeah. it up, right? You can look at the roster. You can show them the guys who are coming back and their accolades and their stats and the things that they do. Um, and, and so you can stack that on to, the usual pitch, which is playing time, but it's also schematic fit. It's development of of positions. Um, you have that you have that extra oomph that not many programs can tout right now at this time of year, where you can say comfortably, "Look at how good our roster is going to be. Look at the stability of this program. Understand that you will not be asked to do too much. You know that you can you can join a winner already. You don't have to." And there are guys who want to be, you know, on the on the cutting edge of installing a new culture and of, of installing a new foundation. You see that a lot when there's coaching changes, at the head coach or assistant levels, and when there's a, you know a large departure. But it's a very attractive sell to a lot of potential players when you can go into their living room and and say, look at this great situation that you'd be walking into. Look at the option that you have here to. You know, yeah, you could go somewhere and, and try to help them build it up, or you could win right away and not deal with that. <laughs> you know, you don't, you don't, you don't need to be there to build it up. You're good enough that you could be on a championship contender. We think that you're the piece that that, that we need to get there. That's a really attractive sell for a lot of players, and we're already seeing that pay dividends for Utah State. Um, that's a big deal. <laughs> that's a really, really big deal for the program. I think that they have handled this. Um, the, I would say quite a bit better than they did last year. It is it is night and day. I think that they learned from that experience very well and have done a, a really tremendous job to open this, not even off-season because there's still a game left, but to open this proto off-season. Um, I, I, I don't really, I don't know how they could have done any better. I think it's an A. I think it's an A-plus grade so far for Utah State. It has been, it has been right. tremendous. Yeah, no shot you have a better... Yeah, the the time spent between your final game and the bowl game, unless you're playing a championship game, there's no better way to to do what you're doing right now. Like this yeah. is uh, this is very very good, and I don't want to say unprecedented. We've had great you know off seasons in the past, 
but I will say it's a very nice breath of fresh air. It's very different than the way that the program has felt in in recent years, particularly last year. It was not. It did not. The vibes test did not. Uh, it didn't pass last year. This this year so far, they're passing the vibes test with with flying yes. colors. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Um, I'll mention briefly. There have been uh, as again as of recording. I've not checked Twitter in about twenty minutes. Let me do a quick update to make sure I'm not missing anything. Um, as of right now, <laughs> there me. are there are two portal entries from That's Utah. All I've seen, yeah, from Utah State. Uh, the first coming from redshirt freshman, I guess rising redshirt sophomore linebacker Josh Williams, uh, and the second coming from uh, kicker William Testa, who had an injury early on in the season and never really stepped back into the starting job that he opened the year with. Uh, yeah. Like I said, not a ton. I don't have a ton to say on on either of these guys. I think Williams is very talented. Um, I don't. I, I don't. Th- this was not. This is not a surprise in in any way. It is not for a lack of talent. He was in the doghouse all year, and I think people know that. This is not a secret. Blake Anderson said it. Blake Anderson said yeah. early on in the year because Williams picked up a, a, a an unnecessary, a, a very unnecessary penalty, and had struggled with those for his entire time at Utah State just as a special teams player. And I think Utah State was very clear with him that you know he was going to have to work his way pretty significantly back into the good graces and uh you know this is not a surprise he was not seeing significant minutes he was not dressed you know for for the rest of the season he was not wearing pads he was not he was not going to the game he was he was in street clothes um this is one where you know it's i I think it's best for both parties to find to 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 find a new a new situation uh i think that williams you know can can try to and I hope he does find a you know find a place where they th- there's more playing time for him, where there's more opportunities for him, where they just there's a better fit for him out there. Um, and Utah State can use that linebacker depth, <laughs> can use the roster spot basically because he was not he was not playing, and I don't know that he was going to surmount that 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 mountain anytime soon. It was just not it it did not work out. Um, yeah, that's absolutely right. And and then Testa. I don't know what the status is of Elliot Nimrod. I don't believe that he was recognized on senior day, as far as I remember. Um, I, so I don't know. I don't, if, I don't think he was. I, yeah. So I, I don't know exactly what I, his I situation is, whether he does or doesn't return. Ryan Marks is a capable kicker who will be back. Um, and I think Testa just, you know, he's an upperclassman. I, I think this is going to be, you know, he's a junior right now. He'll be a senior next year. Just wants to start somewhere, and probably wasn't yeah. going to happen at Utah State. Uh, unfortunate yeah. circumstances with the injury, but it is what it is. Neither one of these is one where you know Utah State's uh, you know house is on fire. They're not. They don't need to. You don't need to call the the fire department in for this one. You're you're fine. These are understandable yeah. transfers. These are guys who want to find more playing time somewhere else. That's a transfer you can completely live with. Utah State has had plenty of those, and it's one where. You know, I remember before the Nevada game, Blake Anderson talking about guys like James Hansen and 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 Kaleo Neves, where it's just like, yeah, they wanted a better system fit and they wanted more playing time, and and we wanted to help them get there. That is one you can totally live with. You you just it is what it is. It's 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 yeah, better that yeah, these guys have the opportunity to play somewhere if they're not going to be playing at Utah State. I don't think either one of them was going to in 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 2024. Yeah, these are the only two so far. You can live with them. Like you say, you know, Ryan Marks is very capable. No official 
Nothing official from him. Ryan or, Marks is um, not transferring. I'll tell you that right now. Ryan Marks is not transferring. Yeah, I mean, I mean, these are these are two guys um, that I don't. Costanly and, and Marks, I they nothing official from either of them yet. But Costanly was not honored on Senior Day. Yeah, I, I, I my think, guess is they're both probably on this roster next year, and that's yeah. that's a great thing. I think Costanly is also going to be back. I would guess that both of them. Yeah, I, I think they're yeah. both back. The, that has been, be that has been the indication. Yeah. 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 The, it's the, the one, the portal market is not quite as attractive for specialists. It's there. And those guys, I think Cottonley specifically could have interest if he wanted to do that, but no, they're not those. I would, I would be pretty surprised if those are not your, your starting specialists next season. And, and maybe they go yeah. and look for a, a Juco kicker or a, or a portal kicker or something like that. I think there are two, from within the state of Utah who are good. I think there was one at Utah Tech and, and one at Weber State who are both in the portal. Um, but they're they're in a pretty good spot there. It, it, it is what yeah, it is. Yeah, I um, agree. They're, they're fine. Yeah, so let's talk about some of these additions here real quick. We're not going to go into quite as much detail on these guys yet because um, they're still it's, – it's, you know, they're committed right now, not signed. Um, we're not <laughs> limited by NCAA. Yeah, it's, it's also day one. Yeah, it's so also day one. Um, and yeah. we will, I, I will do more looking into these guys. We will do more looking into these guys than we have currently. Um, but just want to mention them. Uh, the first, I believe the first of the actual transfers into the program uh, came from uh, Jadon Pearson, who is a safety rising redshirt sophomore safety from Utah, transfer from Utah. 6'3", 200 pounds. He's kind of, he. I, he's listed as a safety. He can play all over. He can play as a linebacker. He could even step into sort of a, a, a very, you know, long edge rusher role. Um, I don't know exactly who the comparison would be for that on this roster. They didn't really have that guy this year, but he can do that. Um, he is, he's a Utah guy originally, I believe. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't remember exactly, but um I don't. He, uh, several of these guys are um, good player, good, good, good addition. This is the kind of guy that you like to get in the portal. Uh, guy who was not seeing a ton of time at a P5 school, but had the talent to be there in the first place. Uh, familiarity with a lot of the roster. This is, you know, this is one we've seen Utah State take this style of of commitment, this style of transfer before, and it has worked out. Um, good, good pickup. I, I always, it's never a bad thing to be bringing in P5 level talent to the program. Right. Yeah. Stoked about this one. Even more stoked that you didn't have to trade Ike straight across for it. Yeah. Um, like everybody thought was going to be the case. Um, man, again, just just super awesome how the, this worked out. Yeah. Um, good player. Great. You know, it'll it'll be a great addition to the team. Um, I'm I'm excited. Anytime you can get, you know, power five talent, particularly from the the Utah defense. Uh, that's a good unit down there. Always has been. So uh, he, he's coming up. He's going to be you'd assume very disciplined, very well uh, knowledgeable. And, yeah. um, that's a good good team to pull defensive players from. Yeah, so there's one here that I do want to talk about in a little bit more detail because I did kind of deep dive this guy a little bit because his yep. uh, background caught my eye, I would say, for, for, for good reason. I think it will probably catch your eye if you have not already seen this commitment or if you did, it probably did catch your yep. eye. Uh, that would be Marlon Dean, a JUCO defensive end coming up from Butler Community College. Uh, I don't have his stats off the top of my head. I think he had 10 tackles for loss, seven and a half sacks, and something like 25 or 30 tackles this year for them in like, you know, they don't play a ton of games down there. Um, 
that's good. <laughs> Stats from the JUCO level are not necessarily the best indication, but usually if your stats are good at the JUCO level, it is a good sign. If your stats are not so good at the JUCO level, it is not an indictment. Um, but if you're if you're playing well there, it usually portends pretty well for what you will do. And Dean is uh, big time, I will say. <laughs> I, I am. It does not take a whole lot to to understand where Utah State is coming from here. He is ranked 7th currently in the 247 Composite JUCO rankings. That's nationally 7th, second among all defensive linemen, first in the state of Georgia. Um, He was originally a product of IMG Academy, you know, the pretty pretty significant program down in Florida. Uh, He was a a high three-star top 500 recruit in the class of 2021 as sort of a tweener defensive lineman at 6'6", 265, who signed with and started his career with Georgia. He has since dropped, I, I think, 30 pounds. I think he was up to 275 when he was at Georgia. He has shed 30 pounds and is now a, a exclusively a defensive end, a pure edge defensive end at 6'6", 245 pounds, um, I, wa- I went through and watched his tape yesterday. I would recommend doing the same if you are interested at all in this stuff. Uh, this guy is freaky. This is a freaky athlete. This is a high P5 level athlete who I, I think Utah State, Utah State had to fend off some pretty significant suitors to win his, to win his commitment. He is a big time player. This is an instant impact, not just starter, but potential star on the defense. He is uh, immediately... No matter else who no no matter who else they bring in, this is a gem of the class. This is one of the best players in the class right away, and and I, I think could very easily step into being one of the best players on the team next year. He is terrific. Yeah, he's very very good. Um, if you if you want to see a film breakdown, you already did one on the Agship account, I think, right? Um, yes, yeah, it's on the it's, I, it's on would, the Twitter. I would account. recommend everybody goes and, and and checks that out this dude's a very very good athlete very very good just a great body unique body um and he I, he fills a, a hole that i think was um you know we, we kind of talked there there wasn't many holes on this team coming in um this was one of them that i think uh he he really could elevate the the defense and give us uh an, an ability to to rush from the edge that we didn't have all year yeah, yeah. This is a this is a guy you have to think about wherever he is on the defensive line as an opposing offense, and Utah State just didn't have that this past year. No, it did not no, have that not dominant number one edge rusher guy who is who is liable to get to the quarterback on any play if you leave him in you know against any offensive lineman who is potentially susceptible, and he's big enough that you can. You can hunt matchups, basically, if you're Utah State, and that's something that I think is really attractive to the Aggies about this commitment is that he's, you know, 6'6", 245 is not small. That is not, no. yeah, that is no, not somebody who's going to get pushed around. He was bigger when he started his career, and he's, he's slimmed down, but he has not lost that, that strength from the ground up. He has really long arms and a ton of power through those arms. There's clips on his on his tape of him winning inside rush matchups, of, of him winning against guards. Um, which is just, that's a hard guy to find anywhere, but that's, that's a hard guy to find. Like you said, P5. Yeah. This is a, there's a reason he was at Georgia. And when you see Georgia on the background of a defensive players, you know, resume, 
you your your eyes light up a little bit. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. That is a they, they don't take it's bad. Like, athletes. It's like Utah defense, but better. Yeah, they don't take bad athletes at Georgia, and they don't no, produce they don't. bad athletes at Georgia. If Kirby Smart saw enough to to take this guy, I trust his judgment. Um, yeah, he's and, good enough you know, for Kirby. He's good enough. Yeah, for me, and, yeah. and you know it, it didn't work out. It didn't work out there, but it doesn't change the level of athlete that he is. Right. Um, doesn't change his body type. Yeah. yeah, this is a the the guy who did this really well for Utah State in 2022, and and sometimes in 2021 of just being a threat on every play was Byron Vaughn's. Uh, yep. in the level of athlete that he was that you just have to you're going to have to deal with him at some point the bill is going to come due when there's a guy like this at defensive end you have to have either really really good tackles who can hold up for 60 minutes or more likely you need to have help you need to have a tight end in there you need to dedicate a running back to it yep. and Utah State just didn't have that guy this year just did not have yeah. that that they had productive defensive linemen I think Paul Fitzgerald did well I think Blaine Spires mm-hmm. played well Kyan Sloan at times played well um, but this is a, <laughs> this is a, this is a big one. This is a very, very good player. Um, get off for his size is ridiculous. He's extremely quick off the snap. His, his horizontal movement is terrific. He is, you know, I, I don't, I don't know that the, 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 the bend level is quite like, you know, he, he's not Miles Garrett. Utah State has not signed Miles Garrett here, but no. the the way yeah. that he moves and the size that he moves at, he is extremely dangerous from the sep- from the second he steps on campus. This is immediate impact kind of guy, guy who you have seen making noise in the Mountain West for years now. It is that sort of body type. It is that level of athlete. Um, this is a, it's a huge commitment. It is a huge, huge get for Utah State. He is... Um, he's a big time player. He, he, he really is. Yeah. This, this one is really huge. Like you said, I, I didn't do the background on him. He uh, caught me completely by surprise, but your breakdown on Twitter was very insightful. Yeah. Got me amped up. Um, go check that out. If you haven't, um, stoked that I think so far there, there's a few transfers that I'm really excited about. Um, Marlon Dean's probably the, uh, the, the the one that's moving the needle for me the most yeah um just because of one the sheer talent uh, that, that this guy brings in the body and the talent and also just kind of the need that he's filling in he's not uh replacing you know it's not like one of those that he's got big shoes to fill he's coming in and filling something that we needed uh desperately at times you know he's a guy that's gonna make you wish he had a tough tougher quarterback yeah uh, we didn't have a guy on this roster that could make you wish he had a tough quarterback this year uh this is gonna be huge in the next year really really big yeah, and uh, you know, I, I think that Utah State still has work to do in bolstering specifically the yep. interior line defensively. I w- uh, there's gonna there's gonna be additions there, and there has to be. Um, but on the outside, this is a big question mark that is checked off. This is a this is a number one defensive end caliber player from day one. Right. Um, right. He, he just is. Uh, next up here in the additions, this one is is. Very interesting to me. I it's... thought this one was a prank. <laughs> if I'm being and this... that's not me speaking yeah. in hyperbole. Like I saw the name and the logo together uh-huh. and I thought it was a joke. And then I had to look a little bit closer and realize oh. that this is legit. Yeah, he's he's serious. Oh, okay. <laughs> he's actually coming. Oh. oh, he's not he's not kidding. Um no, he really is. Yeah. Uh that would be Spencer Petrus, former Iowa quarterback, now on his way to Utah State for his sixth and final season of college football. He he was logging snaps at Iowa in the 2018 season. That is how long this guy has been 
happened in college football. Yeah. He has played a lot of college football. He threw a pass in the 2018-2019 season. <laughs> yeah, um, my freshman year, man. Yeah, he uh so so three-year starter at at Iowa, 31 career starts to his name. Uh the stats don't exactly jump off the page uh about 52 well, of course they don't he yeah went to uh, Iowa. yes and that's going to be a very important qualifier to add to all that's, of this yeah that's, he went I, to I Iowa. want that very clear yeah. like this is an Iowa quarterback we we basically know nothing about him. yeah he could be anything <laughs> this, <laughs> he, he could be anything yeah so 5200 career passing yards 56.7 percent career completion percentage 24 touchdowns to 19 interceptions um, not a runner. He, he has almost negative 300 career rushing yards, um, which is a kind of, kind of a mean stat <laughs> to yeah, include. I feel for him. That's a lot of, the back that's of a lot of sacks. Him yeah, that that's, one. that's yeah. a lot of sacks. He has somehow scored 11 rushing touchdowns for his career. Um, <laughs> good for, good for him. Um, yeah, this one caught me by surprise in part because, it's you know not exactly a traditional transition from the Iowa offense to the Utah State offense. That is, mm-hmm. um, I don't know what hyperbole would would fit the billing for that. It's a significant change. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's it's a significant shift, uh, and so that was part of it. The other part of it is that I did think, uh, and I don't think for for. You know, I don't think I was wrong to to think this. I did think that Spencer Petras had retired from football because he didn't <laughs> play at all in 2023. And there are videos like this is not the this is not a secret. They made this very clear. He's on the sidelines wearing one of those very colorful shirts, calling plays. It. He was coaching for them this year. He yeah, was like, yeah. he was like, a, he was like a, a you know an analyst basically. He was he was like a grad assistant for the quarterbacks. Very... Um, There's a lot going on that make me very confused. Yeah, like, that, that, yeah. He, like I said, that's why I thought like we we hired their they're sending a play caller over. Like, yeah, very cool. Yeah, uh, but he I guess is still playing. Um, he's he's still playing. Yeah, it's, he's, yeah, it's good. I he's going to be playing at Utah State. He had an injury this past season that that held him out. Um, I don't know that he would have been the starter regardless. They brought in obviously Cade McNamara from from yeah, he, Michigan. Yeah, he wouldn't have started. I don't think we've talked we've talked an unbelievable amount about the Iowa quarterbacking situation on this podcast, given that Utah State played them earlier this year. Yeah, um, but uh, I I you know he's a big guy, six five two thirty one. He's a veteran presence in the room. Um, yeah, it's, yeah. he, I, I would assume knows his stuff. He knows his stuff well enough to work in the role that he worked in for Iowa this past season. He's been around college football for a long time. I think that, so I don't have formal clarity on this. So this is my opinion. I will say this ahead of time. This is not me. I've, I'm not, I don't want to step on any toes. I don't want to report anything that is not accurate. This is my opinion based on what I know about what Utah state has at quarterback and about Spencer Petras. I would guess this is a Levi Williams replacement. I would guess this is a yeah. veteran in the room who can step in if he needs to, but is partially there because of how much he knows and how much he can impart with younger quarterbacks and how much he can help for the culture of a room. I don't know that Spencer Petrus is really being brought in to compete for a starting job. Um, yeah, maybe, I, I don't think so. He's adds some depth and a lot of intelligence, I yeah. think, is what you're hoping for. Maybe he shows up and, and you know lights the world on fire and he has a huge arm, and when he's put in an offense that isn't from the 1940s, he plays really well. <laughs> maybe that is, he, you know, that, I, I don't think Utah State would be like, 
upset <laughs> if Spencer yeah, Peters no, shows no. up and you're like, oh, he's he's good, he's like really good. Um, then they would that would change the you know that would change things a little bit, and you you have to you have to adjust to new information as you get it. And they obviously liked him a lot enough to bring him in. Um, yeah, but I mean, I, if you ever wondered what the Utah state no huddle spread offense would look like with the third string Iowa quarterback running the offense. You don't have to wonder anymore. Yeah. Now, you know, this is maybe he steps in and maybe it's, maybe it's exactly what the offense needed. You don't know. If if ever there has been a time for, for us to learn what Spencer Petrus can do at quarterback, it is with this. This is, (laughs) this is a great opportunity for that, but we will um, probably learn more about this guy during spring camp than we did during his entire stint in Iowa. Yes. And that, again, that's a stint that extends back to 2018. We still <laughs> yeah. don't really know exactly as, what he as can a do. Reminder, 2018, yeah. which is <laughs> quite a few years ago. Almost yeah. six years it is, ago. It is almost 2024 now. Yeah. Um, um, so but yeah, it's, it's, it's a good, it's a good get. Like yeah. you said, it's probably replacing Levi Williams. Um, and that's fine. Which, yeah, that's a yeah, good. That's, that's, that's great. It helped. It, you he, need he, a guy like Levi. Yeah, in there, you know? Levi was pretty important to Utah State this season. I would say. Yeah, you know, given, yeah given given the absolutely. way that the, that the year ended, it's nice to have that. It's nice to have a veteran who you can trust to step in if you need him to. Yeah, um, absolutely. And if he, you know, if he just does that, you're happy with it. That's a fine role to fill. You need somebody to do it. There's not another obvious pick for that role on this roster. Um, that's fine. You, that's that's a good guy to have. If he's more than that, great. You know, that's 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 great. It's it's this is an extremely low risk, medium to high reward pickup where you know that you're yeah. going to get at least what you need, and maybe you get more. You know, and that's that's fine. I don't think that Spencer Petrus is coming in to like signal to either of you know McKay Hillstead or or Cooper Lega that like oh you're in trouble. I think that this is I think that this is just. We need another scholarship guy who we trust, and we trust this guy. And if he's yeah. more than that, then then great. More competition is not the worst thing in the world. Um, and if he's just you know uh, just a, a really nice guy to have around, and you know a fun a fun personality, and a player who the other quarterbacks like, who can step in if you need him to, and and you know he's big enough, he can take some hits if you need him to. They're that's right. fine. Yeah. That's yeah. fine. That's 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 they don't need more than that. Really, they have two starting caliber quarterbacks on the roster as of right now. And I, I don't know that that's going to change. Um, you're fine with that. You need a third guy. This is a good third guy. Yeah. Yep. I agree with that. Uh, next up is another Juco guy, Terrell Taylor, uh, Juco safety, who is coming to Utah state from, I want to say golden West college, I think is the name of it. Uh, he was originally when he began his career, he was at army, uh, six foot, 195 pound. He's a rising junior safety. He played well for Golden West this past season. Don't know as much about him as I know about Dean, but he was good enough to get, you know, army attention coming out of high school. He had other significant G5 interest elsewhere. I think Eastern Michigan was on the board. That's a, that's a bowl team. Um, and Utah State lands him, pulls him in. He will join a, a, an already talented and, and, you know, stout, secondary i think that this is a a good guy to have i don't know exactly what his role is going to be but good player uh, he was he was very successful at the at the juco level he's a bigger guy as a safety he's a very good tackler um nice to add some tackling heft at, at safety you're never going to complain about that yeah yeah it's a position you just can't be really too deep i mean you have some some guys right there at the top but getting some guys behind your ike larson's is not a bad thing. 
Yeah, yeah, it could be. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's a good that's a good addition. Uh, last yeah. one here, another P five transfer um, is uh, coming from Trey Anderson, six six, three hundred pound, rising redshirt junior tackle who comes over from Pitt. He was a special teams player there, started on the field goal unit for the last two years. Did not play offensively, I don't think, but he was there. Former three star recruit. Um, the connection here, this is not just a random Utah State picking up some guy from Pitt. Uh, right. you, you probably know his brother. That would be Teague Anderson, who started on the offensive line for Utah State at a tackle spot this season, yep. uh, as well as pretty much every other spot on the offensive line. They are, you know, they, they you know, played high school ball together, obviously. He's a Utah guy originally. Yeah. Uh, this is bringing in, well, we liked the one Anderson so much, let's go get a second one. Uh, that is yep. that is this move. He was talented enough to get P5 interest coming out of high school. I think he was a tight end in high school. Um, but he has good size. You you know you know what you have with the one Anderson. You if you can get another one, you're happy to do that. He gets to return home. Um, this is this is good. They need they desperately need more big offensive linemen, and this is one who I think he could be a starter. And even if he isn't a starter, he's big enough that he can you know he he will stand up to whatever you need him to stand up to in the Mountain West. I think he probably will contend for a starting spot right away. Um, I think that's so. good. That's, I think so. that's good. Never going to complain about yeah. that. That is good to have as many of those as you can get, uh, the better, you know, you want to give yourself options on the offensive line. Yep. That's a big one. Um, fun fact. I actually roomed with the, with their brother for like a semester right there's, before COVID. There's a so third not, one. Not, okay. That's interesting. Yeah, there's there's another a third Anderson. one. <laughs> it, it was not Teague and it was not obviously uh, uh Trey cause he was in pit at the time or maybe on his mission at the time. I can't remember. Yeah. yeah I, I remember their other brother. He is not on the team anymore. So I won't talk about him too much as he's not really, you know, a public figure, so to speak. He, he's a private citizen now. He's not on the team yeah. anymore, but yeah. uh, total football family. Met, met the family. His dad, I think, coaches at Lehigh now. I believe his dad um, played in the NFL even. Um, yeah, he if, played like three years in yeah, the NFL, um, four years in the NFL uh, with the Patriots, and uh, so he bounced around. I can't remember, but yeah, total yeah. football family. Um, but yeah, I, I did not room with uh, with the ones you would know. I, I would room with, I room with the one that you wouldn't know, but yeah, yeah there's... Yep. There's a couple of these guys running around, and their dad went to BYU. But it seems like Aggie uh, Aggie Blue runs deep now for these guys because, uh, yeah, big time getting. You, you like brothers to play together. Utah State fans don't have to think too hard to think of some brothers to play for us. Uh, there's been quite a few. It's fun. It's yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, that works. You'll you'll so, you'll take it, especially when the brothers are oh, yeah. six foot six and three hundred pounds. That's not too shabby. <laughs> yeah, especially that's, when they're good. Yeah, yeah that's I'll a, take it. That's a good brother to add. We like that. Um, mm-hmm. This one is not in yet, but I do want to talk about it because it has been. Um, it's, it's been it's been talked about quite a bit. Pretty much, yeah. yeah <laughs> it's pretty been, much there. It's been it's Let's been talked talk about, about a good deal. If I would we say. have to if we have to walk this one back, I'm comfortable with that because yeah. I'm okay taking that risk. I don't think we're going to. This one's yeah. This it's, one's probably by the time you you hear this, it's probably done. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of brothers on the offensive line, um, this one's yep. brother plays defensive line for Utah State. That would be Bo, Bo Miley. Um, this uh, player is Baylor guard, former Baylor guard, now in the portal, George Miley, uh, who was a you know a pretty highly touted recruit coming out of high school. They obviously played together, I think, at Bingham High School. Um, Bo remains at Utah State, and, and if this is any indication, we'll be back at Utah State again next season. Um, this seems pretty much... This seems like it's pretty much set, I think, at this point. He picked up an offer from Utah State in no significant surprise. Um, 
they, uh, <laughs> I believe it's Emma Miley, their mom has come out and said officially that she would like this to happen. It would be good to have them both at Utah yeah, State. Yeah, that's she, always, she put that on Twitter. That's always a good he, endorsement. He liked it, by yeah. The way. I yeah. know I said earlier, let's not go through their likes and their, their you know, but I also said on an individual level, it might yield some results. Yeah. Um, and I, I just want to point out the, the last, so he liked that tweet where his mom was like, as the mom, I'm in favor, hometown heroes, Miley, hashtag hometown heroes, hashtag Miley boys. No one, yeah. uh, no one got time to be going to different games all over the place. <laughs> LOL, real talk. And you know what? I I love that. That yeah. is just like the the most football mom thing you can say. Yeah. Um, he liked that tweet, and then uh, Cooper Bass sent out a tweet saying, "Getting some of the best from Utah to come home is a beautiful thing. We ain't done yet." Yeah. And that was retweeted by uh, by George Miley. That yeah. one's that's about as done as it can be. I think that's, that's, uh, yeah, we're wrapping that one up. Yeah. Speaking of following, uh, Twitter activity, Bo did also retweet it when I said that this was one to keep an eye on. <laughs> I think, yeah, yeah. I think, I so think that he's... this is about as, about as good as you can feel about a commitment that has not yet, not yet happened. I would guess that George Miley will probably be at Utah state next season. Um, that's good. He's, he's, he's a big offensive lineman with P five level talent. Again, the more you can get of those, the better that is, that is, Never, yeah. never a bad thing to to have that extra, you know, size and and talent and potential on your offensive line. They need it. They need they need yep. to have they need to have more body types like that. And this would be this would be a good one. And it, and it makes a lot of sense. And it is. Uh, I, I would say there are certainly there will be harder recruitments out there than this one. I don't think that this is going to be yeah, too much of a one, lift for Cooper Bassett. <laughs> I, I think I think Bo Bo did the heavy lifting on this. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, and, and again, the transfer portal is not open, but these guys still spend the holidays together. These guys still talk and uh, one guy's having a lot of fun and the other guy's probably like, Hey, can I, you guys got, you guys got room for one more? Like, yeah. that looks fun. I, I, you guys, I like what you're doing. Yeah. Um, yeah, and the other one, yeah, the other one has been a you know a reserve at Baylor, and his coach just left. Um, yeah, that's yeah. I want to play. You guys got <laughs> yeah. Not it's it's not hard to not hard to see where this one might be gone. Um, yeah. But as and of right here's now, another, yeah. <laughs> oh, here's another crazy deep cut fun fact for you. When uh, when the aforementioned um, Anderson, he's uh, sold his contract to Bo Miley. So I lived with hmm. Bo Miley for like a week. Yeah. So there is uh, there we go. There's just the the fun fact of the day for you all uh, everybody's learning about my previous living <laughs> situations and uh, and all that fun stuff yeah but yeah that, that's my uh, insider connection there if we i were go. to dm bo miley he would not remember me and he would probably uh, be very confused he'd be uh, yeah <laughs> yeah but it'd be payback though i was confused i didn't know he was moving in i just walked out in my kitchen one time and he's just standing there i'm like yeah uh, oh Hey. Can, I, can I help you, man? <laughs> What's going on? Yeah. He was super nice. Yeah. He's on the team, so I can I, – I'll talk about him a little bit more. Awesome dude. He was, like, so apologetic that he had moved in. I was like, bro, it's <laughs> fine. Like, you moved in. Like, I just – like, I, I was introducing myself, man. Like, hey, I'm Parker. He's like – he was super nice. <laughs> yeah. Awesome dude. <laughs> yeah. So I, I would guess that there will probably be not too long from now another another Miley heading to – Yeah, there's going to be some Miley's yep. running around for uh, sure. All right, let's finish out football here real quick with a little bit of Mountain West coaching carousel news. Uh, we're not going to go into a ton of detail on either of these, but yeah. they are they are hires that are official now. Uh, Nevada moves very quickly, moves on from Ken Wilson and brings in former Texas co-defensive coordinator, I guess still current because I think he's going to coach through the playoff, uh, yeah. Texas co-defensive coordinator Jeff Choate. Uh, he was the head coach at Montana State. He has connections to the Mountain West. 
I, I'm, I'm still not like jumping out of my chair like, oh, Nevada's back. But I, I like this one because it seems like they are trying to do something. It seems like they are attempting right. to win football games. They have hired a football coach who has been a head coach before, who knows how to do it, who has um, basically any connection at all to college football beyond just working for, for Chris Alt and being cheap. Yeah, um, yeah. Jeff Choate is a real football coach who makes real money and, and required real money and will require real money to build the program, and they are at least committed enough that they will do that and that he was willing to take the job. That's good. Uh, that's a step yeah. That's a step in the right direction. I like to see that from I'm, Nevada, which is alive. At least Nevada oh, is yeah. alive. Yeah. Yeah, just prove to me that you're alive, Nevada. I'll be impressed when you put something on the field. Um, but this is a guy, I think his Mountain West connection is with Boise State, which isn't just your run-of-the-mill uh, Mountain West connection. Uh, that's pretty high level. Montana State at the FCS level is a, a juggernaut. Um, so they're uh, I mean, they're good. Um, they were no uh, what JMU was before. But, yeah, Montana State is good. He knows the West. He's I, I'm impressed. I like the hire. I, I think it shows effort, and that's all you can really – uh, really hope for right now, but I like it. Yeah. Yep. Sounds good to me. That all works. Uh, also in the news here, uh, Boise state has promoted interim head coach Spencer Danielson to head coach. Of course, Boise state wins all three games with him at the helm, including, uh, this past Saturday, the mountain West championship game. They knock off UNLV in pretty comfortable fashion. Um, this is one where I don't, I don't love hiring, you know, internally for a head coaching job as a as a you know a powerhouse of the, at the G five level. There are some recent examples of that that have not really gone all that well. Ryan Silverfield at Memphis, um, Sean Clark at at App State, both come to mind for me of guys who are having some success based on the the baseline of their their programs, but both of those programs are just kind of stuck with those guys right now because they don't lose enough to be fired, but they don't win enough to be happy. Um, You're just sort of in an eight and four vortex. Um, And I think there is a a potential for more of that at Boise State. Eventually, (laughs) the honeymoon period with an interim coach who does well does wear off. It, It, you can't do that forever. That is not necessarily you know, a long-term solution. Eventually you do have to be the head coach, the full-time head coach, and that's a very different job. But with that being said, I don't really know that they had any other choice here. He won the Mountain West. They they, they looked like the Boise yeah. that they were supposed to look like all season for the last three weeks of the year as soon as they got Andy Avalos out of there. He did a, he did a, good, a good enough job that he could maximize the immense talent that they had on the roster and he won the Mountain West, and there's really not... I think he pretty much forced their hand. I don't know that they really wanted yeah, to do this. Yeah, I don't this. think they had an option. Yeah. No, I don't think they did. I, I don't think that this was, like, the ideal situation for, for you know, Boise State's decision-makers, but they don't really get the chance here. Their, their hands are tied. The guy won the Mountain West. You can't, you can't really fire him after that. You can't yeah. really go out and bring yeah. somebody else in without losing your entire roster. And they're still going to lose some guys on their roster. Taylor Green is already in the portal. That is uh, not the worst thing in the world, I will say. Yeah. I, you're, you're fine. You'll live, <laughs> I, I think, yeah, without Taylor Green. But, um, yeah, not really any any choice here for Boise State. They go with the interim and uh, former defensive coordinator, I guess now Spencer Danielson. Yeah, it was uh, – like you said, I, I don't think they uh, 
they didn't have a choice. You, you fired Spencer Danielson, maybe hoping that he wouldn't win the conference championship for some reason. He did. Yeah. Um, and, and then again, we, we talked about this when we played Boise. That's just the type of team that these guys are. They will fire a coach when they are still in contention for a bowl game and a, and a championship game. It's a, it's a strange program, program up there. Uh, and Spencer Danielson gets it done. You can't, you can't not hire him. They, yeah. I think they were forced to, and you know, Hopefully they, uh, hopefully they have six years of mediocrity and we can, uh, yeah. get back at them a little bit. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll see what this looks One like. One can hope. Yeah. We'll see that what this looks like long-term. I will say in the short term, uh, vindication for us. And also of course, for the Boise state decision makers who decided to fire Andy Avalos with two games left, it worked. <laughs> they, it did. they were yeah, right. They he was worked. the problem. It was him. It was his Apparently. fault. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it worked. They looked much better. They looked infinitely better in the last three games of the season than they did in the first you know, yeah. 10. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, it was right. <laughs> it was, it yep. was right. Uh, so we'll see where that goes moving forward. I am glad it, it is always nice to get immediate confirmation that your opinion on a coach not being good is correct. Uh, Andy Avalos, yeah. not a very I good football coach, that. not a very good football coach, Andy Avalos. And he is out of there. We will see on Spencer Danielson. That is the, the yeah. jury is out. Um, all right, let's talk basketball here real quick. Um, um, let's jump in. Sorry, I just have a quick note yeah. before we do basketball. It's I just it's been so long since we've talked. It's been a lifetime. Um, volleyball is over. Yeah, we uh, they went to the tournament. They got swept, I believe, mm-hmm. um, against Minnesota in the first round. Um, so not not a lot I, we can jump into, unfortunately. There, um, I wish we were we're dissecting that and getting ready for for more games. But um, after one fantastic run um it does come to an end in the first round of a of the ncaa tournament uh on an at-large bid i will i will know they they were impressive enough to earn that large bid uh that is you know they lost in the first round so i don't know how much they deserved it but i would i would say that they deserved it rob nielsen's building something else over here in logan yeah um but that that comes to an end until next season yeah i i think they will be I think they'll be back. It's a, it's a it's a it's not the end of the year that they wanted. I think they will be they will be back. I, I don't yeah. I don't have I concerns so. about the program. I think they will be fine. Um all right, basketball. Uh we've got two men's basketball wins and a women's basketball loss. Where do you want to go first here? Um let's go Men's. Okay, so we did, we did women's first last time. Yeah, uh, the, the we'll, we'll we'll get the good news out of the way first. Here then. <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. men's team has played twice since we last spoke. They played last Tuesday, like the night after we recorded, um, and they beat St. Louis on the road in uh, an eighty-one to seventy-six game that was not that close for most of the game. They led by as many as twenty points in the second half. Saw that lead cut down. Um, very, very nearly saw it flipped in the final minutes, but a couple big plays from Ian Martinez down the stretch. Uh, Darius Brown makes some nice plays down the stretch as well, and Utah State is able to close it out uh, and get a road win. Uh, great Osborne, 24 points, 13 rebounds, three blocks, three assists. Uh, pretty good. That's a pretty good day at, at the office from him. Isaac Johnson, big game as well here, kind of a breakout performance from him. Uh, shot the cover off the basketball. Really, really dangerous oh, yeah. shooter, and, and yeah. you're, you're you're seeing it in this game. You're starting to see it more from him. Um, good win. I, I think St. Louis is going through some stuff right now with injuries, uh, and I, <laughs> I fear that Utah State might have gotten the last of its of its fight right now. Uh, with that, that <laughs> I, little, I fear you're right. With that little spurt, I think that they need to get healthy. Uh, they need to get 
more of their guys back. They're without several of their best players right now. But big game from Gibson, Jimerson, Mike Meadows played well. They hit some tough shots and, and, and pulled themselves back into the game. But Utah State able to close it out and, and get the win. The more recent result coming on Saturday night uh, with a, a very good home crowd in the spectrum in no no surprise. Um, Utah State 79, UC Irvine 69, the Aggies uh, fight back from a, a slim first-half deficit. They were down by five with like three or four minutes left, and then they, they went into the half with a one-point lead. Uh, back and forth for the start of the second half, it hit 13-20, and Utah State was ahead 53-51. And then uh, Josh Aduji and Mason Falslev just decided that, that was they had had enough of that. They rattled off the, I believe, I believe the next 13 points of the game um, and put Utah State ahead by 15. Uh, that grew, that lead grew, I think, as large as 16 points with 7.49 to play. There was a little bit of that that late in the game surge here again, like what we saw in the St. Louis game. It got down to as few as seven points, but Ian Martinez, again, in big moments, uh, two really, really tough layups to pretty much close this one down for a 10-point win. Uh, I was impressed here with with Utah State. I think yeah, I think that, I, that this was a yeah. I think this is a very solid UC Irvine team. I was I I think they played well. I think they have good players on that team. I was impressed with a lot of their role players. Dean Keeler and and Darren Saran both played really well. Um, it's a physical team. It's a well coached team. It's a team that is reliably good in the Big West, and I think will be again this year. And Utah State was just better as it has been in seven of the eight games that it's played this year and they're seven and one for a reason um and, and you know big performances on the stat sheet from a lot of the usual suspects great Osabar rocking some goggles as he deals with eye injuries some some oh, yeah. eye injuries that danny sprinkle described in extremely graphic detail uh <laughs> before the game he had what they described as a boxer's bruise which sounds truly awful uh, a, right. a, a bruise yeah. behind the eye no thank you um but he he fights through that plays with some goggles 17 points four boards ho-hum a 17.4 rebound game um <laughs> that is for everybody else on earth that's a very good day of, of basketball for a great <laughs> yeah. i'm sure he was frustrated uh also had two blocks and two assists pretty good uh <laughs> that's pretty good uh ian martinez adds 12 played well again he's just so good man he's just so good <laughs> He's, he's so reliably good. He's such a great athlete. Just does everything you need him to do. He was getting steals. He had two steals. The effort plays. Um, he is just always when you need a big play, Ian Martinez is there to deliver. Hit a huge three in this game as well. Um, after that that five-point deficit in the first half, he hit the three to, to bring him back into it. Um, Josh Aduji, I thought, played really well as well. 12 points, three boards, um, one steal, one assist. Not the huge, not a huge day on the stat sheet, but I thought this was the most complete he has played. He only played 19 minutes. He's working as the sixth man right now. Um, I have buried the lead here, though, because there are two guys who really stood out to me. One of whom I'm going to write a full film review about uh, in the coming hours and <laughs> the next day or so. Uh, the first right. is Mason Falslav. I'm not writing a, a film review yeah. about him, though I probably could. Uh, 19 points, five boards, one assist, one block, one steal. He was eight of 12 from the field, three of four from three, including one from the logo. 
Um, he's he's good. <laughs> he's good. He's good. Yeah, he's he's that's rapid, an understatement. Yeah, he has he rapidly is, ascended to good. He's good it's, at basketball. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I, I think that he's. I think that he's figured it out regarding the speed of this level of play. He's he's there yeah um took him long enough it took him what seven whole games Come yeah on, it really just took him the one game he had one bad yeah, game it, it didn't he, take it that. and then he figured <laughs> yeah. it out he's like, oh okay uh, <laughs> pretty blink much give an eye in this guy was about what he, what we were promised i mean this yeah. dude is is playing at mason falls love levels yeah he hits some huge shots for utah state he does in, in this some game. nasty work yeah he hit he hit his three or four on three as i said all three of those were significant shots the one from the logo was unnecessary <laughs> <laughs> it was he didn't need to do that but it certainly helped um and uh but but uh, along with that and this has been a theme for him all year his finishing at the rim and near the hoop is just so good it's so good as a as a you know he's not the biggest guy in the world he's 632 something um but the his, his the way that he understands angles and the way that he scores off the bounce on the drive is such a an important and, and needed part of this offensive attack that they can get from him. He is so good at the rim. He's so good from two point range for for how young he is. Yeah, he. I, I continue to be very very impressed with him. How he's fitting into this offense, which we've we've talked about. He was not recruited by this coaching staff. He's one of only two people on the team that was not recruited by this coaching staff. It would be understandable if he took some time to acclimate. Like we joked that it took him this long, you know, to, to become what he was supposed to. And yeah. it, it didn't in all reality. Um, it would have been very, very understandable if it did. Uh, this is a guy that was kind of thrown into uh, this coaching staff and this system. It's, this is not a system that is uh, easy to thrive in. It's It requires a lot of work. Yeah. And he's just fitting in like just beautifully, just yeah. beautifully. I mean, Mason Falslev is playing competitive basketball for the first time in like three years, right? Because he, you know, he went on a, he went on a mission and then he redshirted last year. He hasn't played like this level of minutes in an actual basketball game since he was a senior in high school, and that was three or four years ago now. Um, yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's been a long <laughs> that, time since it's, he's it's, seen game action. Yeah, and and you know, practice can help, and and practice certainly has helped. He looks he, <laughs> he looks like he has been benefiting from practice, uh, but it can only replicate the game scenarios so much. And and he really, he has really not needed a whole lot of time to figure out exactly where he fits within this team and and what they need from him. His aggression offensively, I think, has gotten better every game. You're seeing him yeah. attack when he gets the ball. You're seeing him take advantage of mismatches you're seeing him just beat you know just beat defenders off the dribble and finish through contact or over a crowd or whatever it is at the rim he is he's good he's really good he's rebounding really he's well as, as well um he is you said they you know sprinkle did not recruit him he is a very good sprinkle guard this is it is a good fit for what danny sprinkle wants to do um yeah. to have a guy like that who can slash and who can who can score at the rim uh, and play with the level of effort and the the intensity that he does and then also shoot the three this was the best game he's had as a three-point shooter um i thought he played really well and then the guy who i am going to write a film review about um, you wouldn't fully know it if you didn't watch the game if you were just looking at the stats because his stats are not huge. That would be Darius Brown. Uh, three points. Grandma's favorite point guard, baby. Yeah, Grandma's favorite point guard with an all-timer of, of Grandma's favorite point guard game here. Uh, three points, four rebounds, two blocks, one steal, nine assists to one turnover, 
And he did that while I, I have the exact, I charted every single one of the 36 possessions that he played of defense against uh, UC Irvine star and leading scorer, Justin Hone. Yeah, this um, is awesome work. Who played 30 minutes. He scored 21 points on 8 of 11 shooting. He had 10 points in the first three and a half minutes of the game. Um, Darius Brown guarded him for 36 possessions in this one down the stretch. Uh, he requested specifically in, in the timeout, uh, the under 16 timeout, uh, he went to Sprinkle and said, put me on Hone. I want to guard Hone. Uh, he's the guy who's hurting us. I want to guard him. <laughs> and he did. And over those 36 possessions on 31 of them, Justin Hone did not do anything productive. He either turned the ball over or touched it and didn't do anything with it or even didn't touch it. There were a lot of possessions where he just straight up did not touch the ball. Um, they were with their best score, clearly their best scorer, an extremely talented basketball player. I was I was blown away by the shots that he was hitting. He is he is an extremely good scorer and and shooter and a really good player. Um, and down the stretch of this game, there were several like a lot of possessions where uh, UC Irvine's other players were I think correctly seeing Brown covering him and basically icing him out, saying, well. I don't really want to give you the ball because you're not going to do anything yeah, with it because yeah. that guy is going to going to either take it from you or uh, you're just going to pass it off. And so we're going to operate away from you. They he Darius Brown by himself completely shifted the focus of the UC, the the UC Irvine offense away from its greatest strength and toward guys like Keeler and Saran. He forced them to score while not even defending them. He was defending somebody else. Um, yeah. It was as influential and as impactful an individual defensive performance that I think I have ever watched. It, it was it was unbelievably impressive what Darius Brown was able to do, not just in recording stats. He forced three turnovers um, and, and, you know, limited hone, I think, to nine points within those 36 possessions. And, and it was two threes off of offensive rebounds. And I don't really blame Darius for that. It's not his fault. Hone didn't get the rebounds. It was somebody else. He just came open afterward in a, in a scramble. Yeah. Um, he hit an inbound mid-range fadeaway, uh, which you know, catch and shoot, it was well contested. What are you going to do? And then he had one point on a free throw on a foul that was not on Darius Brown. It was on Max Ogbong Polo. That was all he did. He had a, he had an assist as well in 36 possessions. Um, it, he just, he took him out of the game. He, he completely, he, this guy was red hot to start the game. He hit his first four shots, 10 points. Like I said, hit two threes. They couldn't stop him. They couldn't cover him. And Darius Brown just neutralized him, just completely took him out of the game uh, Hone was understandably very frustrated down the stretch of this game. You could see it. Just it just wasn't going. He wasn't getting open. Nothing was working for him. Um, Darius Brown, I think, won the game for Utah State with with his defense. I, I could I can yeah. say that pretty comfortably. They I don't know that they win the game without Darius Brown stepping up and and doing that and really you know going face to face with a very very capable very good player and just saying, you know, your day's done. You're not you're not going to do anything else. You're not going to hurt us anymore. Uh, you're done. Somebody else is going to have to do it if you guys want to beat us. And nobody else did. Um, he is, yep. he is, he is tremendous. He is a tremendous, yeah. tremendous player. I, I, I could not be, I could not be more impressed with Darius Brown. Yeah. I, that ability to just say you're done is, uh, is becoming kind of a characteristic of this team. Yeah. Um, I think they, they did the same thing. I think was it against uh, St. Louis after kind of a, a chippy foul on, on, um, 
on somebody. I can't quite remember. Was, I think it was Fossil. It was it was Stephen F. Austin. Yeah, there was a there was a. Oh, uh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. There was there was a, a clear path foul, an intentional foul. Um, yeah, on, and, a, on and a breakaway, and then they just ended the game. <laughs> Utah State just decided you're done, and yeah. then that's you know on on a smaller scale, that's what what we we were doing here with Darius Brown is just you're done. You're you're done playing basketball. Yeah, you can you can be on the court if you want, but you're not doing anything. You're not yeah. playing anymore. You're you're done. Yeah, and, and that that's going to happen a lot this year. That that is what this team is built to do. They will just kind of slowly and just meticulously just choke out teams like this. Yeah, and and there are there are good players who are going to draw the unfortunate assignment of being guarded by by Darius Brown. Unfortunate for their yeah. sake, who will not react to it with as much uh, poise and grace as Hone did, which is to say that he just kind of, like, he was around, and he didn't really make yeah, any no. huge mistakes. Except that his feet. Um, he, he, you know, he had some turnovers late where he was forced, and he had two passes in the last four or five minutes where he just threw the ball out of bounds um, and was frustrated that, that it wasn't really working. And he had some frustration moments, but I don't think he tried to... He wasn't chucking, right? He took five shots when Brown was covering him. He hit three of five, and, and like I said... The two weren't really Brown's fault. He, you know, what's he going to do? So it was really closer to one of three. I think Hone accepted it pretty well. It, it's, it, it is what yeah. it is with UC Irvine because basically you are now playing four on four because you don't have this guy and he's not going to make an impact. Your best scorer is completely limited. But there will be guys, I'm telling you this right now, there will be very good guards in a conference filled with very good guards in the Mountain West who will get who will, you know, line up against number 10 and who will shoot their team out of the game, who will absolutely just play their team out of the game because they are trying to, they are trying to ram their head into a wall that will not go down. Darius Brown's not going to lose that battle. It is not a good decision to try to play your, your way around him because you will just shoot your way out of the game. And we have seen this happen. This happens in the spectrum just in general. This happened to Jared Lucas last season from, from Nevada. Um, it happened to Max Rice from, from Boise State. This happens already. Um, when you add Darius Brown into that equation, man, there are going to be some, some I, I, I think, truly, like, even from the perspective of, you know, Utah State, where obviously it's it's beneficial that that happens, you're going to feel bad for some guys <laughs> in, in games yeah. this season where it's just like, man, that's really, that's a lot for, uh, you know, yeah. a, a college guy yeah. to have to, to have to handle that he is going through a day where, I don't, and I'm not going to name any of the names of the potential point guards. You guys know who the point guards are in this conference. Yeah. Um, yeah. Somebody or somebody's are going to put up a stat line like three of 15 with six turnovers. There's going to be, Oh, it's going to be awesome. There's going to be one of those and it's going to completely end the game. And and Utah state will win because of it. That is the kind of player that Darius Brown is. He's one of the best defenders in the mountain West right now. Oh yeah. He, if not, if not the single best point guard defender in the conference, he is right there. Um, man, he's good. (laughs) He's really good. And he never gets tired, which is just demoralizing. For an opposing yeah, player who, who's, who's through that is that, that is true. you go to the bench and you recover, you get some water, you go back out, and he's still out there and he he hasn't left the floor and he's still faster than you. <laughs> Just, yeah, yeah. He's, he's uh, averaging 35 and a half minutes a game. Yeah, he played 38 here and he didn't look at it at all at the end of the yeah. game. He, he, he's just dude's, he's, dude's for real. He's the energizer bunny. He can just run forever. And, and, and Hone was just frustrated. It's, just, it, it's, he's, 
it it's frustrating to have that happen to you as a guy who is yeah. you're a very good basketball yeah. player and this guy's just better. He's just better and there's nothing you can do oh, about yeah. it. There's no solution for it. You're just stuck with him. <laughs> he's and he's not going to leave you be and and it, it, to even make matters worse, he's not even going to say anything to you about it. He's not even going to oh, talk yeah. trash That's about it. He's just going to do it. He's just He's there. just yeah, he's yeah. he's just putting in a day at the office. This is nothing for him. It's easy for him. And he's not going to he, he's not going to get in your head by talking to you. He's just going to beat you. And you can you yeah. can live in your own head. He doesn't need to be there. You can you can do it yourself. Um, yeah, it is, it is, it's awesome. it is nasty work. What, what Darius Brown is able to do defensively. I, I'm, I'm very grateful that I don't have to play against Darius Brown because it looks miserable. It looks like an absolutely miserable yeah, experience. Very Whew. grateful. Uh, he'd make me look so bad. Yeah. Ugh. He's not grandma's favorite point guard for nothing. He's, no. uh, <laughs> he's legit does everything right. Oh um, man. It was the other thing I would brutal. hate is to be yeah. a opposing coach and get a technical in the spectrum. I don't know. Uh, this and I don't even know if I could get the answer if I tried. Yeah. Um, but I feel like getting a, a technical in the spectrum is a great way to lose a game. Yeah. Yeah. And, and their, it, uh, it, their it, coach picked one up this game and, and they lose. Yeah. It, it flipped the, it flipped the score. It flipped the advantage. Utah state was down by two before the Russell Turner technical. And then after that possession, they were up by three. Um, yeah. Darius Brown might not say anything to get in your head, but the herd will. Oh yeah. They they yeah. Yeah. Them. He'll, he'll let, yeah, he'll let them do it. If you're shooting <laughs> three or 15, you're going to hear about it from them and he's going to be yeah, looking yeah, at you stone faced. Like he works in a law office and it's like, why don't you react? <laughs> why? <laughs> yeah. What is, what is up with you? It's, it's almost more intimidating that he's just like, yeah, stone faced business, business, like doesn't even care that he's shutting down one of the best guards that he's, you know, you, 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 it makes you feel a lot worse as a player that he doesn't even seem to care that he's doing it. Yeah. Oh yeah. man. What a delight he is to watch. Play he's basketball. fantastic. Um, Absolutely fantastic. Yeah. I, I went, I went long on Darius Brown, but man, he, Wow, I, I was, yeah, I was blown he's, away. He's legit. Um, um, let's close this out here with uh, yeah. With, so with, yeah, with they're basketball. they're back in action against San Diego at home on the sixth. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Against a, a six and three San Diego team, but not not the most impressive San Diego team. Yeah, um, very that's, that's very. San Diego, not UC San Diego. Yes, uh, or San Diego State. There's there's three of them, and we yeah. play all three of them somewhat often. Yeah, uh, uh, it feels like it, but yeah, they played San Diego last year. I'll say, don't expect to see the same team. It's very different. They lost a bunch of guys. Yeah, um, yeah. they they're, have. They're not fantastic. I think they have five or six true freshmen in the rotation this year. It's it's yeah. that kind of year. They're young for, for that. Yeah, so we'll we'll see that. Uh, that is up next for the men's team. You want to talk about the women's team here, real quick? Um, <laughs> do I want to? <laughs> um, let's get into it. Let's let's yeah. do it. Um. The women's team is seeing a lot less success than the men's team that was to be expected. Um, what I don't think was to be expected was a 70 to 43 blowout at the hands of the Idaho Vandals. Um, make no mistake about it, this is a good Idaho team. This is not the Idaho team that we remember when we played with them in the whack. Um, on the women's side, we we really uh, we had our way with them when we were in the whack. Um, this is not the same team. They are the better program at this point in time. Losing is not a surprise to me. Um, I did not think we were going to lose by 33 points, uh, 20 uh, or yeah. 27 points. Um, it was, it was not good. It was, it was not good. 
Um, Cheyenne Stubbs, the leading scorer of just about every game uh, for Utah State the past six games uh, for sure, ends up with 13 points. She did lead the team, but most of that came in garbage time in the fourth quarter when this game was was just already shipped away. Um, outside of Sammy Suguturaga, the bench has not been good, and I, I think Sammy should probably be a starter anyway, which would make the bench even weaker, but maybe give you a chance, better chance to win. Um, uh, th- this team has some talented girls, but you're starting to see some of the issues that you've seen under Kayla Ard for the past few years. They're just um, they're just overpowered, outmatched, and 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 they looked a lot less prepared. The Vandals, you know, I mentioned Cheyenne Stubbs. The Vandals came in very prepared for her game. She's a very, very talented ball player, but she can't do it on her own. It's it needs to be a team sport. Yeah. Um and, and Idaho just absolutely made it very hard for her to have a good time. Um they they did that pretty much across the board. The other the other ones that we talked about a lot, Ivory Finley, who when she gets involved, Utah State wins almost like clockwork. She ended up with three points, which is not just not an acceptable number for her. Yeah. And then uh, the other would be Sky uh, Sky Miller ended up with four. Just not not a good number from from who needs to be your two and three scores. Um, Art has to figure out that offense again. Uh, Sammy had a good game. So Sammy Sugutaraga coming off the bench had seven, which has kind of I think that's what she's basically averaging coming off the bench, um, which is fantastic. She's averaging five point one. Um, but just a lot of, a lot of just mishaps going on right here. Uh, a talented squad that's just not, uh, not finding what it needs to on, on, on offense or really anywhere. I mean, these guys were out rebounded like 44 to 25. I mean, it's just not a lot of things not going our way for, for Utah state on the women's side right now. Yeah, it, it was, it was pretty comprehensive here. It's just not going to, it's not going to go for this team if they don't ha- have those, you know, the contributions <clears throat> offensively from Finley and from Sky Miller. Um, that just it has to be, it has to be there. There's not, there's just not enough options outside yeah, this, of that at this point. This is a team that I think, you know, you look at a men's team and it's a team that can give you a lot of different looks offensively and defensively. There's multiple ways to win. Um, this women's team is is better and improved from from women's teams that we've seen in the past. It's been a top program. Um, but there's one recipe for winning, and, and we've laid it out on the show. I'll lay it out all year long because I think there's only one recipe to winning. And that's what you're getting at right there. You need it to be Stubbs, Miller, Finley. I mean, that's yeah. the, the that's the only way these girls have proven that they can win. Yeah, and and if it's not, you know, failing that, you need you need a uh you know a, a forward to step up more than they've gotten so far. You'd need, yeah. you'd need more. Mullings has had one yeah. really really good game and a couple couple okay games. She needs to yeah um be put in a better situation in in the post. She when when she's when she's good, she's great. She's yeah. uh, out rebounded her opponents. She's outscored her opponents, but um that has not happened recently. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, I think Sammy has that potential. I don't really know that that Verden is quite that kind of player. I think she's more of a you know a, 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 a glue player who can kind of just pitch in yeah. where needed. Um, but without a, a forward stepping up as a as a scorer, it has to be all three of the guards. It can't be one. It can't be two. It it's got to be all three if they're going to have a chance against really any any basically D one level competition. There's just not enough. 
there's not enough shooting elsewhere. They're, the role players are not there yet. They need the three stars to be stars, and they, they weren't here, and, and Idaho uh, had it had it planned out, I think, pretty well. I, I think Idaho handled the game pretty yeah. well. Um, Aggies are next in action against BYU. They have a, a two-game uh, trip around the state of Utah. They are also at Utah Valley, I believe, later on this week, right? Yeah. Yep. 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 So – Chances there, probably more so in the latter game than in the former game, but we'll see. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a work in yeah. progress. Uh, I think that's yep. all. I think that's all we've got here uh, on this one. Yeah, uh, that's we, all I got. We've managed for to now, talk. Yeah, we've managed to talk. <laughs> we've talked for two hours in early December without any major <laughs> football news breaking. So that is that's a, the action, baby. Yeah. Um, that is, hey, we we've been talking for so long. Let me check. Uh, let me check Twitter again. Yeah, maybe something's happened. I I'm not seeing it. I have not seen anything. I don't think so. I don't think go. so. So I'll try to get this we'll up. Leave it, we'll leave it there for now. <laughs> yeah, we'll leave it there for now. We will talk to you all again soon.